Welcome to RSA TSM. My name is Hard Rock, and I'm here with Wicked Spark, and this is a podcast. Hello. I like the fact you never tell me <laughs> what you're gonna do before, so it's genuinely a surprise whenever I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could be the strongest one yet. To be fair, I just came up with that literally just on the spot. <laughs> it was very good. I'm very I proud. Stop. I should stop chinking my uh my my. I was gonna say yeah, uh, having a cup of tea, coffee. What have you got? Coffee. Hmm. At two o'clock in the afternoon. You can have coffee whenever you want. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And it's not my first hot drink of the day. I had tea this morning, and I'm having coffee now. Coffee Aww. and a chat. Coffee and a chat. Coffee and a chit chat. That's what we should have called this. Oh, there's probably plenty of podcasts called Coffee and Something. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's it's another week in the world. Yes, welcome back to another episode of we have you of two smoking microphones. Yeah, this podcast. <laughs> As you, you can tell we're really with it. That this podcast that you've clicked on that you should know the name of. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know the name, get bell. Okay, no, we hope we're. We're wishing you all well. That's the world's a bit of a scary place at the moment. Yeah. But um, we hope we hope you're all doing all right. I'm I'm older now. Yes. Happy birthday! It was your birthday this week. Yeah. Well, last week technically. Because this yeah, is being just released gone. on Monday. How was it? Did you have a good one? It was good. It was nice. Just chilled. Nothing much you can do. It was my twenty fifth, but you know, it was fine. Yeah. I had a good time enough to. Oh, I'll tell you fun. what. <laughs> Here's some breaking news for you. Oh, breaking news! Just started. Just started. Um, Hailstones, Ryan. It was literally really sunny about mm-hmm. thirty seconds ago, and now there's hailstones. Oh. Well, I've worked in that kind of weather where it's like, oh, it looks really sunny, and then suddenly, you know, the biggest storm you've ever been a part of. Yeah, so, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's sunny here at the moment, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But no, glad you had a good birthday, man. Yeah. The big old. Do you want to? Are you telling people how old you are? Have you said how old you are? Yeah, I mentioned it a minute ago. I'm 25. It's a quarter of a century. Ah, oh, you don't look a couple of days older than 25. <laughs> that's what I am. So that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I was gonna figure out in my head how many days since, and it would have been really easy because I know your birthday. You would have been like three days over, but it, yeah. it it's three it, days since. I, yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't do it at the time. It was really panicking me. So. No worries. How many days is what you got? couple of days it's fine so what do we what do we talk about this week i mean so this week we're going to have a couple bits of news for you we've got some as always some justice league news as always because that's that's ramping up we've got some bits about the flash uh creed free mission impossible and then we're going to jump into talking all about the legendaries monsterverse as we prepare as we gear up to the release of godzilla versus kong yeah which is, uh, um, which is which is also a piece of news, I guess, because we can say when that's coming out now in, in the UK. At least. It is. Yes, it but, is. That's actually on my, so, on my news list. Unless there's anything. I have no trivia this week, unfortunately, so I couldn't think of anything. End of the podcast. Bye, everybody. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it, it's not going to be a regular segment. It will be a little every time I can think of something. Oh, I just thought of, I do have a piece of news that I can do later. I should write that down. But because we'll, we started with it, we could just jump into the, the, the news about Godzilla Kong. 
Unless yeah, let's you, do unless it. You have so a structure I'm... already. <laughs> well, no, because I'm going to pair that with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay, cool. So basically, this this week, uh, it was revealed because obviously we've all been umming and ahhing over how we're going to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League and how we're going to watch Godzilla vs Kong in the UK. Yes. Um, and it got revealed this week. So Zack Snyder's Justice League will be free to watch for anyone that, that is a Sky customer or has Now TV. Oh, really? Really? Sky? Oh, um, as in just Sky customer in general. So, if you have access to Sky Cinema okay, or Now TV, because um, <laughs> it, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be added to Sky Premiere, basically. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, and that, that drops on the 18th. Don't worry, man. I've got you covered. I'll have to pay for it then. Ugh. Dude, don't, let's let's not panic. I've got you covered already. I'll talk about it on the air, off air, but I've got you covered. Um. But yeah, so that releases this Thursday from 8am, so you can go and watch it whenever you want. Godzilla vs. Kong is a little different. That's going to be on the 1st of April, a day after it's released in the US. Yep. However, that is going to be rented, so you're going to have to pay for that one. A day after? I thought it comes yeah. out on like the 20-something of March. Apparently, it's, I think it's March 31st in the US. Oh, is it? I thought it was like 20-whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, that's I right, could though. be wrong. But, uh, yeah, so that one you'll have to rent through Sky Store. I thought it would be something like the 26th, because that's a Friday, so... Ah. Uh, see, I should really check my facts, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with my gut on this one. Fair enough. Um, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're getting releases. Like, now we know how we're going to watch them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, like Godzilla vs. Kong is the film that I will pay to watch. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to watch it for this anyway, but... I will pay to watch that one. We don't have to do anything. (laughs) No, but I mean that's one I will pay to watch because it's a film I'm actually excited. I'm, I just want to start watching these films now. I'd ideally like to watch it in the cinema. Obviously, that's the film I want to see in the cinema the most at the moment. Yeah, but I I think it depends how much. I think it depends how much we like it. Yeah, but we might watch it and really enjoy it to a point that we go and if it re-releases in cinema when they open, we'll go and see it. Maybe it's one. It is. One of those where you get a better experience because the sound design in those films is great, which we'll get into later on. But yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so there's two very exciting pieces of news. I booked off the day that Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, and I was been I've been really worried that I won't be able to watch it. So it's the eighteenth. Um, eighteenth. So this coming Thursday. Okie dokie. Cool. That's something to watch. Yeah. Exactly. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, um, have you got? I'm gonna just because I know this happened recently, and it's something to do with Justice League. Have you got the thing that happened with Justice League as part of your news? I'm gonna say no because I'm gonna let you run with it just in case it's not the one I, I have. I'm assuming it's. Oh my goodness, because it's the biggest piece of news that happened for it, and it's that it leaked. On of course, HBO, on no, HBO I Max. didn't have okay, that. Okay, you didn't. Oh, yeah, so, dumb. So people who in America, I think only in America, I don't know, uh, who have access it's to only HBO people Max. HBO Max, yeah. Because yeah. um, I know they have like a, a streaming in other countries. I think some. I don't. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah. So people who started watching Tom and Jerry <laughs> were gifted to. Wasn't it something like the first two hours of Justice League was available? Yeah. So they, they, they it was available for two hours until it got taken offline. Uh, oh, okay, so it was just... available for two hours. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So it was, it was. You could start watching it. I don't know. People might have skimmed for it to the end, just kind of thing. Because I know some might, people, yeah, yeah. 
I know some people did do that, but apparently after two hours he got taken off. Which is you just know someone at HBO Max is getting sacked. Well, I've got to say that is incredibly incompetent from one of not just HBO Max, but from Warner Brothers, one of the biggest film studios in the world. Yeah. Like, that is incredibly incompetent. And I saw a lot of people saying that this is Warner Brothers trying to sacrifice, like trying to, not sacrifice, but trying sabotage. to um, sabot- that's it, sabotage uh, Justice League's success. But... I mean, I can... I can see that. It's a very big accident to make, especially for the film that is likely going to be the biggest film on their platform. For sure, I mean... It's going to bring in the most this... customers, in America at least. Well, they're already saying it's going to bring quite a lot of money. There's a couple of uh, press reporters. This because the, the basically the social embargo, the embargo lifts this week. I think it's on the same day as the Oscar nominations that are coming up this week. Yeah. And then, um, but a couple of press reporters have seen it already. There's only been a handful, mm. and the ones that have seen it in the past is because I was I was researching a couple, and these are people that in the past have been very critical of Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, and very critical of Snyder's work. Um, have basically said that this is one of the best films that he's done. And they're saying that this could very possibly lead to him getting a Justice League 2 or a Justice League 3. Both. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see when the embargo lifts as well to see what people's reactions are. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um... Because you're right, it's going to be... It's going to be HBO Max. To be fair, it's probably going to be the most talked about film this year, at, for at least for a while. Yeah, I can't think of anything that's bigger in status than that. Like, there's yeah, there are Marvel films to come. Maybe Spider Man at the end of the year, but yeah, like nothing till the end. Like, we don't have a big Star Wars film this year. No. Spider Man's not till the end of the year. Dune, it, June or Dune, however you want to say it. That will be big, but that's in October again. Do you know what I mean? So, for a good chunk of the year, this is going to be really highly spoke of well again because of H- well, because of the HBO Max thing uh, Dune's probably not gonna be that big plus not a lot of people know about Dune yeah which is a shame because that's I, one film I'm yeah. I've read the book I'm so excited for the film but like you said it's like it's gonna be like um, Blade Runner 2049 exactly, yeah, the previous the, film we did yeah it's, it's one of those films where it's like yeah so maybe fans of the original film and fans of the book are really excited to see this um, I know from my point of view, I'm more excited as a filmmaker, student, former. Um, yeah, because, for sure. Because Denis Villeneuve, however you say his name, he's one of the best filmmakers working today. And he's been given so many great like chances, and then it's unfortunate that his films don't make that much money, but at least he's still getting the work. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like you said, he's such a good filmmaker, like films like um, Arrival. Blade Runner 2049, Arrival is one of my favourite films of all time. Prisoners. Which was prisoners like i think for me arrival was the was was the biggest kind of uh unexpected one for me because when we went to go see that together i was excited but i wasn't particularly like oh this is going to be great it wasn't my going into it yes it was sci-fi but it wasn't necessarily my type of film yeah but um i remember coming out and i've watched it once since and i remember coming out loving it like being think saying that was outstanding and then you go to blade Runner 2049 and in terms of just visuals, it's one of the best visually pleasing films I've ever seen. It's it's incredible. I need to go back to. Well, I've only seen all of his films, like the one, the ones I've seen uh, once. So I should go. I need to go back to them. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I know he directed the first Sicario. 
to happen. Yes, again. that's true. Um, and he he has got a film. I think it's called Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is meant to be pretty good. But yeah, yeah. so he directed the first Sicario. Yes, you're right. Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, there's nothing really, nothing else I've really. Nothing else other than what we've said. Prisoners is a very good film. That's one I haven't seen, and I know I need to see it because oh, I know people say it's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think because Dune especially was meant to lead. I think that's the problem with these stream, if it guides streaming services. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm glad that we're going to get to watch Godzilla vs Kong yeah. in the next couple of weeks, and I'm glad we're going to get to watch Zack Snyder's Justice League and all these films. But then the problem is, you get films like Dune that are going to lead to a part. Like he's already said that this one is building up to a part two, and you have spin-offs. Well, but now it's like he's essentially now he's saying. Yeah, well, when, um, it's when, not going to happen. Yeah, when they announced the HBO uh, simultaneous release schedule, which again leads back to how Warner Brothers have been incompetent and they've made so many bad decisions recently, especially with that whole announcement because they didn't tell yeah. any of the creatives that they were doing it. They just did it, um, which is annoying because it's something they've now promised to their customers and they're going to have to follow through on it for their sake. So it's just annoying in that sense. But yeah, no, Denis Villeneuve, he came out and he said... um yeah, this has probably killed any chance of the, of a franchise now, which is what they had planned. Which is, yeah, which is such a shame because, like, I won't spoil it, but for fans of the book, it's very clear that this film is going to take part in the first half of the book because the book is split anyway. Mm. It's, 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 and then you look at other films like Wonder Woman, uh, one, uh, 1984, that performed not very well again because it was on streaming services. Yeah, it's I guess I guess it's just part of the times that we live in. Do you know what I mean? It's the kind of well, nobody wants to pay. Well, nobody wants to. It. It's nobody wants to pay to watch films at home. Like it's apart from you know strip, paying for streaming service for services. If you specifically look at like this country, for example, no one really wants to pay to rent a film at home, especially when it's the price of a cinema ticket, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Like I watched, for sure. I did. I paid uh, twenty pound to watch uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay, worth it. Yeah, I think it was because I mean, both me and my mum loved it. So, and it was that's what twenty pound for two people to watch it. And I think with Disney's thing, is you get access to it all the time. I think. Yeah, you get it indefinitely. Yeah, so, and I know it's getting a free release at some point, but I didn't want to wait. I wanted to watch it because it's one of the films I was most excited for last year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's different with but for Godzilla versus Kong. It'll be like somewhere around thirteen to fourteen pounds to rent it Which for like probably bad, two yeah. days. Uh, yeah, 48, not too, too uh, Forty-eight yeah. hours, uh, and it's gonna. I think. Uh, what did they did they say specifically? What serv- service it be through? I want to say Sky Store because that's what most. I think they've they've all been on Sky Store and Amazon Prime. But through um, yeah, the renting version. Yeah, I think the article I read didn't actually say so. Uh, it just said it would be released. Quick, for let's have a quick, quick check. Uh, yeah, so it's just it. Well, yeah, just video on demand services Thursday, April first. Um, so the usual price for a Warner Brothers title is fifteen ninety nine, but you get it for forty eight hour window. Mm. <clears throat> um. Yeah, so I think with most Warner Brothers, they've, they've at least gone to both Sky Store and also um, Amazon to rent through. Okay. But yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I am excited to watch it. Um, I think. 
if I had if I had to end up choosing between Zack, I'm glad Zack Snyder's Justice League is free because if I had to choose between that and Godzilla vs Kong, I would choose Justice League. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, if I had to choose between them, I'd have. Yeah. To, oh, that's hard. That's really hard. It's, I like. It's hard. I hate those kind yeah, of scenarios because I really want to see Godzilla vs Kong, and I didn't actually. I don't. I've never been that fond of any of Zack Snyder's DC stuff, so I probably would sacrifice Justice League. That's fair. I I, I can see you choosing Godzilla vs. Kong over Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it's funny because Zack Snyder's Justice League is probably better. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just... Like it's probably going to be the better been... film. <laughs> yeah, like, I know some people that are watching it. Like, I've got friends that are watching it because they're so excited for it. I've got other friends that are just... that hate the rest... that don't like his other films but are watching it purely because of the hype that's been built. Because it's, it's fair to say this is one of the most hyped films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Just purely because of, of the scenario behind it. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting. I mean, we're covering Zack Snyder's Justice League next week. Oi, oi. Um, I also so, um, be just, very just, interesting. I have a I have a random piece of news that I just stumbled upon. Okay. Uh, Deadline. This is a so very big, you know, article known for their accuracy. Yeah. Uh, Avatar overtakes Avengers Endgame as all-time highest-grossing film at global box office. Is that because of its China, China re-release? Yep. It's made uh, an extra, Jesus I think. Jesus Christ. Uh, this closes and surpasses what was a $7.82 million gap. Um, so it's now got 2.798 against 2.797 for Endgame. I feel like this is going to be the these are going to be the two films that are just going to be endlessly re-released to overtake one another. Well, here's the only, here's one of the things about this is even though yet yeah, it's been re-released, um, that extra seven point whatever million that's that's still Disney's money because they own it now. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is all Disney. So it doesn't. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where oh now we've got to release Endgame so that gets to number one again. I just think it's. Well, I can I could see them, I could see them re-releasing Endgame in this country in America when the cinemas reopen again just to get one people one of those like event films that back. bring people back do you know what I mean or come like, and see this double feature of Infinity War Endgame and sit in the Endgame. cinema for over five hours and then like do that and do like a Star Wars and like like I know Cineworld did Empire Strikes Back for his 40th yeah. anniversary and uh, Flash Gordon for fans of those do you know what I mean like they did a mixture of Lord of the of Rings is one of those films. ones they do Lord of the Rings View did the Harry Potter franchise that's crazy um, that Avatar's still making money. But have you seen that the highest grossing film of the year so far has made nearly $800 million, but it's a film that's only out in China? What? Yeah, what is that called? Hi, Mom. I always forget what that's called. <laughs> I think it's called Hi, Mom. <laughs> that's absolutely it's insane. M-O-M, because we say Mum in England, obviously. That's... Yeah, 2021 film, it's made... Um... Give me a second. It's made... Seven hundred ninety-seven point three nine US dollars. Crikey, Moses! <laughs> yeah, it's only out in China apparently. And here's us lot not even knowing when we're going back to the cinema yeah, again. Because China's basically back to normal now. Like, yeah. To be fair, I mean, you know, hopefully this time in in June we'll be back at the cinema. Well, it'll be a little um, after, a little after this time in June because isn't it June twenty-first the predicted date at the moment? That's true. This yeah. time in July. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed. I look. I said we say this every week, but I look forward to me and you being in person and going to the cinema. This time in that'll Ju- be that'll be a good yeah. day. This time in July will be my cat's birthday. <laughs> also, just it just uh, popped up to me. If you're listening to this on the day's release, Monday, yesterday was Mother's Day. Yeah, and I hope I hope if you I hope if you can celebrate it, I hope you did and had a great great good time. 
all you mothers out there had a nice day. I don't think many yeah. mothers are listening to this podcast, but you know, because I think my mum might listen to this, and I. But do you know what I got my mum for Mother's Day? It's so big. I got her a card, but I also got her a pillow with my face on it. Lovely. <laughs> oh, just a little bit of a little bit of me to to get you through. Right, my, moving on. So those mom, are I'm saying my mum sees me every day, she doesn't need a pillow with my face on. That's fair. Um moving on. It's kind of related to Zack Snyder's Justice League, in a sense. We we're gonna talk the Flash film that's coming out Andy Machete directing starring Ezra Miller um, Michael Keaton Ben Affleck um, it's 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 get it's got a, I mean it's and, got a big and, cast just through Michael Keaton to be and, fair. That, uh, and the actress that's playing Supergirl right yes the actress playing Supergirl I completely forgot her name I'm a terrible person I'm sorry don't at me um, mm-hmm. but basically there's a couple of bits of news for this first off uh, Kersey Clemens who was cast to play Iris West in the original, original car of Justice League when Zack Snyder was on board. Um, is going to be back starring in this fa- in the Flash movie, cool. <clears throat> according to the Hollywood Reporter. Again, if you don't know the story behind it, she was she was cast. She filmed a scene with Ezra Miller, and then Warner Brothers took over, cut her out of the film. It's it's quite known now that she's going to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, coming out this week. She's in the trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's been confirmed to reprise her role as Iris West, who, for those who don't really know the Flash comic, she is the she's Barry Allen's love interest, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, another bit of news about the Flash movie as well. Oh, I can't stop coughing today. That's not something I should say. Um, is Billy Crudup, who played Henry Allen, has dropped out of the film due to a scheduling conflict, which is you know sad he was a good actor he was we you don't see a lot of him in justice league i'm sure you'll see a lot more of him in snack snyder's version yeah so they re they're recasting for him because he's now going to be shooting the second season of the more the morning show apple's tv show oh okay yeah um and but they have cast nora allen who is barry allen's mother Boy, it's yeah. spanish actress I'm, I'm gonna butcher this Maribel Verdu is how I'm going to pronounce it. Not heard of her. She is uh, best known for her international audiences for her work in Alfonso Cuarón's oh, she's in E2 oh. Mama Tambien. And she's also in Guillermo that... del Toro's Pan Labyrinth. Alfonso Cuarón's, isn't that. Isn't that the film that's. Is that the same film that's just called Roma, or is that? I don't know off the top of my head. What's her name? Possibly. Her name is Maribel Verdu. Okay, no, it's not. Then has Valpanza Quarren done another? Okay, I just been thinking. Anyway, carry on. Doesn't matter. Um, no, but that's the flash news anyway, which is quite exciting. It's nice to see that this film is is gearing up. I see what the film is. It was a two thousand and one film. Okay, don't worry. Sorry, Karen. Look, there's 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 many different opinions out in the media on, on Ezra Miller, um, who's going to be playing the Flash or reprising his role in the Flash, and whatever your opinions of him are, I'm not going to get into ours. But I'm excited for the Flash film because I like the character of the Flash. I'm a big fan of the comics. I I like like storylines such as Flashpoint, which is what this film is basically going to be doing. Uh, is really exciting. I'm really excited for Michael Keaton to come back as well. 
I think that's a that's a very interesting move they've made. Yeah, I like Michael Keaton. Are you excited for this film? Uh, meh. I'm not a big fan of the of the Flash, so I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I'll watch it because it's you know it's a superhero movie, and I like comics. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've just never been that big of a fan of the Flash. My only real you know experience of the Flash is Justice League. And the old it'll be, Justice League cartoon. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see Ben Affleck's role in this film as well. It's obviously not going to be huge, but it's most people are assuming it's going to tie up. But then, say Zack Snyder's Justice League does so well to warrant yeah. more, will Ben Affleck come back is another big question. Because people like you know Gal Gadot is still Wonder Woman, uh, Jason Momoa will come back. Henry Cavill has been very vocal and saying he wants to do more Superman, mm-hmm. but the one person that's stayed very hush is Ben Affleck. I think it it was a lot for him at the time. Like, I think it's because he also got he got chosen to do the his film as well that he was also writing and directing. Yeah. So maybe the that lack of pressure will help. Was, yeah, maybe. I think yeah, Ben Affleck he was definitely put under a lot of pressure trying to you know write and direct. Batman movie and I don't think I don't think he's the right person to do a Batman movie no in terms of his I like his take on Batman don't as get me wrong a, as, but as an actor yeah he's great as Batman I think as a filmmaker maybe that's not the right path for him based on you yeah. know the films of Ben Affleck's I've seen yeah that's fair because he is a good filmmaker no yeah he has done good films in the past like Filmmaking wise, yeah, as a but I think he's done a good job. Um, it was it was very it was very clear in all of his interviews that the pressure was just a bit too much. I mean, it sent him back into rehab essentially, didn't it? Because he was doing all his stuff again. Whatever, he, I think it was alcohol abuse with him. I think I want to say alcohol. Yeah, I mean, look, taking a Batman film, taking any film is a lot of work, but taking something like Batman, oh, Batman's huge pressure. He's huge. <laughs> Do you know like, what I mean? That's that's enormous pressure. It's like when everybody jumped on him, being like, "Oh, he's going to be a terrible Batman," and then you've got everybody jumping on Robert Pattinson, saying he's going to be a terrible Batman. It's like, it's a it's a big role to fill. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Speaking of Robert Pattinson's Batman as well, this is news that. It's, I wasn't going to talk about it, but it's just vaguely related. Um, Matt Reeves, who is directing the new The Batman, coming out next year, uh, has confirmed that he's finished filming. Finished filming as of the day we're recording. Nice. So it's moving into post-production now, which is very exciting. That's a film that I'm... That's on my top three most anticipated films. I mean, when it was meant to be coming think... out this year, it was my most anticipated film for this year. Yeah. I can't remember how long it's been delayed by now. It's coming out next year at some point, that's all I know. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll that's it. very exciting as well. <laughs> I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah. yeah, eventually when things go back to normal, fourth yeah, of March is when it's getting released. Okay, so a year. Yeah, so I think it was originally meant to come out in like October, I want to say September, October. I think it was originally meant to come and out. And then it just got pushed year, back. And then it got pushed back. And then it got pushed back again. Uh, I don't remember. You might that. be right. To be fair, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? It's not. It's not coming out this year, so it's fine. That trailer's great, though. Yeah, that trailer. Made, vengeance. That trailer made me immediately go and buy uh, Long Halloween because that was the next Batman comic I was told is very good. Oh, so. I don't yeah. suppose you can post that to me because I can't afford to buy it myself. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I also recently, Thanks, man. recently acquired uh, Batman Hush, so... Oh, really? I'm going to read that. 
that's another one I need to read. So I need to get on the Batman comics. I'm I'm lacking behind. Yeah, I'm I was go- I was on Nightwing for a while. Mm. I'm going for the big ones at the moment. So I've got year I've done year one. Got Long Halloween, Hush. I still need to read Killing Joke, and then I'll probably start collecting that series that has the uh, the, the the paperback. I would collect yeah collect the um the volumes whatever they're called. Um, yeah. trade, the trade paperbacks, that's what I'm thinking of um, collect those for the ones that have the Court of Owls and all that, you know, where we saw them in Forbidden Planet oh uh, yeah I've got Court of Owls I want to read, Long Halloween uh, Year One I need to read um, well sure what other ones I need to read to be fair, probably The Killing Joke that's a good one Hush is meant to be one of the best The Killing I wrote The Killing Coke Killing Coke Hush. <laughs> I mean Depends how you use it. Yeah. Um, I need to just start reading my graphic novels now. I keep collecting them. But I, I saw a thing uh, recently, I think it was a tweet or something, I saw a thing saying that like, you actually have to do your hobbies. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It's one thing to say you've got a hobby, and it's another thing to actually go out and do it. Yeah, I, I love collecting all these things, and I haven't touched them. It's like, I have like pro- uh, the protective sleeves, not like proper, proper protective sleeves, but I have some for comics, and I have like some cardboard backboards for them, so they stay like you know in good condition so i'm not like yeah of course because they're very fragile and it's funny because i basically sealed them but i haven't read any of them <laughs> i love that so i still need to actually actually open them up and read them but i've got enough sleeves i can just re re uh package them again to be fair you can get a lot of the um you can get the free amazon what's it called Amazon Kindle app there's a lot of Batman yeah. that you can get for free on there I think you can get Hush on there for free probably no, uh, there's a, you can get a lot of them on there for free I know you can it's just I, I think I'm more likely to read them in physical form yeah that's fair I've just started reading um, Marvel's House of X oh, okay. um, I started that last night which is pretty good House of Sex um, um, Amber Lid Connor this is a, what, this is a family news? friendly podcast what other news have you got I've got two more pieces of news. Okay, this cool. next one I think will excite you because I know you're a fan of the first two. Um, Creed Three. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I know this. Yeah. Um, it was it was very it was pretty much confirmed, but now it's been officially confirmed that Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing the film, and it's got a release date. It's got the release date of November twenty third, twenty twenty two. Oh okay, That's which cool. is next year. Um, which is the a lot of cast, 59th uh, anniversary. It is. I <laughs> was um, oh, so close to the 60th. I, I, I've got hopes for the 60th, but that's. I think that's another episode entirely. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we talk about Doctor Who. But um, they're saying that most key roles are going to be reprised. The only person they've not said anything about is Sylvester Stallone. Um, yeah. It's based on a story written by Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin. And uh, Michael B. Jordan is also going to executive produce it. Um, which is pretty exciting I don't think Stallone needs to come back maybe he can have one scene or something like that where it's like he goes to him for advice or something but I feel like Stallone's story in those films is isn't he meant to be didn't he want to do another Rocky film actually isn't he doing yeah, one I think he he's doing to... one uh, where he's like Rocky coaches another like youth or something like that is he? I think he's doing one I wouldn't surp- it, it I think honestly he's writing and directing it himself anyone. I'm not sure I think he's I think so. I'd have to look it up properly, but like, I'm not gonna do it right now. But yeah, maybe. I think he is trying to do another like Rocky film, but where he's yeah, coaching someone else doing something. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, no. I'm See, excited. I've not, I've I really... not seen. 
Sorry. Continue. Oh, I really I've love not... the um, Creed films. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, like, I've not seen them, but I know I know for a fact that like doesn't his story very much kind of wrap up uh, in a way. I think in Creed I think 2? Stallone's story does. Yeah, I think it does. Like. Um, in the sense where it's not really his story now anyway it, it is it is um what's his name Adonis Creed it's his story yeah. now um and I guess you could bring back Stallone but it'd be more like you're just maybe forcing him back I don't know it depends on what the story is I don't I don't know what the story is but did you just say Kugler's involved in the story as well then yeah okay that's cool maybe maybe then I've got more faith in it um, I don't think he was involved in the uh, story for the second one or he might have been involved. He didn't direct the second one. I know that. Well, I'm just reading about um, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. In July 23rd, 2019, Stallone said that a, a direct Rocky sequel and also a Rocky prequel are TV series in development. Oh, so the sequel would uh, story base anyway would be Rocky befriending a young fighter who is also an undocumented immigrant, and the oh, prequel okay. series is pretty much about how he became rocky pretty much didn't which did, is didn't the no film, i don't did, think didn't the first film already tell that story pretty much i haven't so i don't particularly understand why he's making them but money so i haven't actually seen any of the rocky movies and um i was this was one of those things i was wondering about before going into watching the creed films and you don't yeah. have to have seen any of the rocky films really as long as you maybe know a little bit about rocky which i'd know a lot about rocky um the Creed films stand on their own really well. Okay. Like well, I might give them a go then. Yeah, no, you don't you 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 should know like the basis of what Rocky is anyway. Like it's not Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like everyone does, I think. But it's it's just well, it's an underdog story, isn't it, really? <laughs> um but no, yeah, the Creed films are excellent on their own. Um they have those brilliant moments where because they use like the same music and stuff like that, so it feels like you're caught up in like a nostalgic moment but you've not seen the Rocky film so you're like I get it but and I feel it but I don't necessarily think I should <laughs> yeah but no the Creed films are really good I think they are made to be accessible without the Rocky films okay yeah maybe we'll give them a go then and I know a lot of people thought the second one the second one is very good I would say it's I would it's not as good as the first but they're both just really good films okay yeah yeah i've heard people really enjoy the second one in particular yeah oh good man i don't have to put on my list um one more bit of news but it's not really been a massive news week to be fair um but this is all about the mission impossible films Yay. so uh mission impossible 7 and 8 uh are supposedly meant to be filming back to back um, it's going to be directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who mm. did Rogue Nation and Fallout. Um, they've just confirmed some new stars. There's a lot so, of names in that, in those films as well now. Like, yeah, massive. So already, before this bit of news, we knew that the next two films are going to have uh, Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rhames, Vanessa Kirby, and Henry Zerny reprising his role as Kitteridge from the very first film. Mm-hmm. And then it got confirmed to... Hayley Atwell's in new... as well. Yeah. yeah, so new cast members included Hayley Atwell, yep, Tom yep. Clementoff, and Asai Morales as the film's villain. Who was a... The film's villain was originally meant to be Nicholas Holt, but he dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Um, now they've confirmed 
five new cast members. Oh, wow. So you've got Rob Delaney, who is known from most recently Catastrophe, a TV show on Channel 4. Uh, Mark Gatiss from Sherlock, who's also written many episodes of Doctor Who. Mark Gatiss, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Indria Varma, who's known for Game of Thrones. She was in Torchwood. Uh, Charles Parnell from The Last Ship. And Carrie... I can't pronounce his second name. Eels from Princess Bride? Oh, Car- Carrie Owens. That's the one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I like him. He's also... um. He, isn't he, he's the mayor in Stranger Things. Of course he is. Yeah. I'm dumb. But yeah, they're playing... All, all he said is he announced the casting for Instagram. And at the end of it, it just says, Welcome to the community. But he's confirmed that they're both for Mission Impossible 7 and Mission Impossible 8. That's awesome. Because... Because the release date for seven is this November, and then Mission Impossible Eight opens exactly a year after. So um, it's probably going to be a part one and part two of some, in some way, I would have thought. Because all films are doing that now. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's it's a huge cast. It's oh, it is massive, no, massive cast now. Is um, did you, I don't I didn't hear if you said it. Is Simon Pegg coming back to them? Yeah, Simon Pegg's back. Okay, I didn't know if you mentioned him or not. Sorry, yes, yeah, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rhames, yeah, Vanessa probably, Kirby. Probably just didn't hear that name. But yeah, and that's that's they're they're good films. Like I my I really do like well, all of them except the first two to be fair. I'm not a big fan of the first two. But Yeah, the second one is just not good. A lot of people I've I know of people that do like it and I've heard them talk about the reasons why they love it and it's like, okay, maybe I I get it but it's not for me. <laughs> Yeah, I read. Um, I when I watched it, I really didn't enjoy it. I I don't know if you know about. You probably do know this, but you actually you, you definitely know this. But um, you know when he has that scene where there's the knife going right towards his eye. Yeah. That's a real knife attached to a cable. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Tom Cruise like, yeah, do it, do it, man, do it. Yeah, probably. He's a crazy nut job. Well, there's I mean, a... he had the very recent uh. His shouty yeah. meltdown his meltdown which it could have been staged it almost seems like it's staged the way he says things uh, it's he Tom, Tom Cruise is a very very controversial subject in general I think oh no yeah there's a lot of there's a lot yeah I mean you can admire him for what he does in terms of how he's managed to keep you know his films going during this pandemic and how he does do a lot of his own stunts and that and he is he's you know he's great when you watch him when he watches films but in real life yeah probably not the best but that's just a yeah whole interesting topic that we won't go into but what i will say <laughs> <laughs> uh, not enough first few episodes what, anyway. I will, yeah, what i will say is um you know i was watching the tv show uh, ap bio yeah there's a couple of episodes towards the end of the first season where they reference um Tom Cruise's uh, thing when he was on Oprah, you know, when he was with Katie Holmes. I love her, I love her, I love her, I love her. Yeah. Um, well, for, the first one is in the second to last episode where um, they're at this. There's a there's a wrestling match going on, and um, like the wrestlers are talking to each other and they're like, do the do like you know Tom Cruise on Oprah where they've got their hands like together. Yeah. And it's like one of them's you know pushing down on the other, and then they're like, now now you're now you're Tom Cruise and I'm Oprah. <laughs> and it's, and I was like, oh, okay. And then in the last episode, they do a whole episode called Katie Holmes Day, which is because they're the town they're from is where Katie Holmes is from. 
they do a thing where they basically celebrate the story of Katie Holmes but in the episode when two characters are celebrating including Glenn Howerton he's like doing it in the way where Tom Cruise had his hands on like Oprah's (laughs) it's like I was like okay they've really gone into this joke for two two episodes they've referenced this that's insane but I didn't think about it until afterwards but yeah um, just a fun fact I had to go with Tom Cruise but I'm excited for Mission Impossible 7 yeah Fallout was one of my one, I think it was my favourite film of that year. I thought that was great. Ghost, so is Rogue Nation, to be fair. Ghost Protocol is my favourite. I do like Ghost Protocol. Mainly because I think Ghost Protocol is what shifted it to the tone they now have. Yeah, and I can see that. When sure. I watched Rogue Nation and Fallout, I felt like they were very similar to Rogue Nation. They're very similar in terms of tone, I think, yeah. as well. And because of the cast, and... have re- remained relatively the same, so... Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see how seven and eight link. Whether it's it's a direct kind of cliffhanger, whether it's just kind of loose threads. Because they've got they they know. I mean, it's Christopher Christopher McQuarrie's done the last two, so I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. And before that, before he did Fallout, uh, every director had only done one. Like each film had a different director. Yeah, true. So he's the one that's kind of come on board and taken the franchise for his own I guess <laughs> he's like the Mission Impossible version of Kevin Feige I guess uh maybe not in a I'm sure not in like a, a big Ke- what Kevin happens. Feige can't be compared to anyone no but... yeah nobody can compare to him as a as a producer but um oh, I just love I love Kevin Feige man I can't help it I know you, so that was your last piece of news it was yes I think this is uh, a little bit on topic with the kind of things we're into especially I was a big fan of the original show back in the day um, Powerpuff Girls is getting obviously getting a live action reboot gritty okay. version that's going to be on CW and they announced the uh, the three main cast members which is um, Dove Cameron Yana Peralt and Chloe Bennett oh okay that's I'm not hating that that's, I, I'm that's not, very interesting. I'm not a big fan of like some gritty Powerpuff Girls idea, but I was a big fan of the Powerpuff Girls back in the day. Like, I say big. I was a kid, and when it was on TV, I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I can't say I've ever watched it. I know, I know of the show. Oh, it's great. And I know, I know the characters, and I know, I know the basic premise, but I can't say I've ever watched it personally. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, as cast, as cast guy for the main three cast, that's a pretty impressive cast. Yeah, so I, th- I think, I don't know if they've confirmed it, but I, I'm think, I think it's Chloe Bennett's going to be Blossom, Dove Cameron's going to be Bubbles, and Yana is going to be Buttercup. Okay. The, Better play. The three main characters, obviously. Uh, which, you know, let's see how, how it goes. I mean, it's when you think is it, gr- is it gritty CW? live action, yeah, when you think gritty live action and CW, you're like, okay, I can, I can picture exactly how this is going to end up. It'll either go, it'll either go the route of Arrow and the Flash, or it'll go the route of Riverdale. It's, There's no yeah. in between. Let's see. Well, I mean, let's you know, wait and see. Obviously, I, I'm a big fan of the cast. Obviously, I don't know anything else that Yana Peralta has been in, but I know that Dove Cameron and Chloe Bennett were both in Agents of Shield. Dove Cameron only for a few episodes, but yeah, true. Obviously, true. Chloe Bennett was Daisy Johnson herself. So and I yeah, really, she was I, great. Agents of Shield. Oh, I really want her to show up again in the MCU. I really because like, she's so good. Like I feel like put her in a in a film with a bunch of characters. I think she would fit right in there because she's she's really good in that show. I don't think people give I her mean, enough credit for how good she is. Yeah, I I would personally be very surprised if she didn't show up in the future, especially with Ms. Marvel coming and she's an Inhuman. So 
Chloe Bennett's a good character. Um, Daisy Johnson is a good one to bring in because she is an, an inhuman herself. So you know, I don't know. We'll see how it how they do it. Um, and the only other thing I was going to mention is it's something to do with gaming news, which we don't talk about too much. Okay. And that's obviously we all know that uh, recently Microsoft acquired Bethesda. Yes. Um, so this is for mainly for people who care about games like under Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and Doom, I guess now. Um, but future releases that haven't already been confirmed to be on PS5 and that uh, all future Bethesda releases will be apparently Xbox ex- well Microsoft exclusives. Damn. The, 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 I, t- I saw that coming a mile away. To be you know, fair. No, me too. Um, I was expecting timed exclusivity because I know that Sony are working on getting games to other platforms. I know there's talk that um, Ghost of Tsushima might be coming to PC. So, I don't know. Yes, I, don't, I think it's yeah. the same with... It's either Uncharted or The Last of Us they're planning on. I think it was Last of Us. Yeah, possibly. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed because I like some of the Bethesda games. I like the Fallout games. I like a bit of Elder Scrolls, I guess. And obviously Doom is a big franchise depending on what they do going further with that franchise but um what they actually said was that it will be exclusive to any platform that supports xbox game pass so i think that includes pc obviously so well apparently i heard i'm sure it's a rumor but apparently switch might be getting the game pass as well yeah no i think that's been talked up a lot for a long time um Um, which would be very interesting yeah Um, we might just have to get xboxes i have a pc (laughs) I might have to go get an Xbox. And, to be fair, I've been thinking about it for a while. And I know I have a good quality PC because uh, I was looking at the the uh, specs for it recently and comparing it to the minimum requirements I needed for a game I recently got, which was uh, Star Wars um, Squadrons. Oh, did you get it? I got it on PC because I was going to get it my, uh, when I went to I went to a shop on my birthday and I had it for, for about 30 quid and I mentioned to my mum that I'd seen it there for like 23 before. And she was mm. saying, do you want that? And I was like, no, that's fine. I'll get something else because, you know, I'd rather find it cheaper. Looks on Amazon. It's £23 on PlayStation 4 if you, you know, other, I guess Ooh. other services are available. But I bought it on PC for 17 quid on Steam. <laughs> yeah, I've been very much debating getting that as well. Because we could do, because that's cross-play as well, so we could always play yeah. that. It's still, it's all right. Um, I, I've only, I only started playing it last night. I played the uh, little tutorial missions for the story, and it's, it's okay. Okay. I think it's worth... Seventeen pounds, definitely, because it's you know that's not a lot of money for a Star Wars game. So, would you say it's worth like forty-five to fifty pounds? No, definitely not. Which is what it's not really. Okay. You won't find it anywhere for that price anyway. Now, so it's no, of so... course. But I mean, when it was obviously first released, uh, when it was first released, it wasn't that much either. I don't think. I don't was think, it not? I don't think it ever went above forty, if if that. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like one of those mega expensive games because it is a small game and it is primarily multiplayer. Yeah, I've been debating it for a long time. I've been debating getting back into the Avengers as well because that the um, the what do you, what do you call it? The upgrade to PS Five comes out for that this yeah, week. So, so I'm thinking of upgrading my copy to the PS Five copy and kind of jumping into it and see if I like it again. Maybe play a bit with you on the yeah, multiplayer. If you do that, you just you have it digital, don't you? Would it do it yeah, the thing is, I... the disc would work anyway on I... PS5. So, I know. Yeah, I've got the disc. I've got the PS4 disc, and apparently, what you have to do is you have to insert the disc and it upgrades it to PS5. Okay. But then I don't know if then once I get the PS5 oh, digital might... version, if I still need the disc. I think you might still need the disc in that circumstance. I think. 
Yeah, I got I got that primarily to play with you for multiplayer. We I... just haven't played it. Well, here's the thing: is when we played the beta, I was like, "This is all right to play with people." You know, with friends, yeah. playing with friends, it's it's kind of fun, I guess. Um, then I played the story mode and was like, "Oh, okay, the gameplay loop is exactly the same for every single mission." Yeah, there's no there's no difference in gameplay no, at so all. I, it's very generic. It's it's one of those things for me where it's like if I'm going to play multiplayer on a game with somebody, there are more interesting games. <laughs> so if I if I said to you, "Let's play in the next week or so," would you do it? I would. I maybe because depends I'm, on if I have I'm the time. Like that's, it. it's that kind of thing where it's like I won't make the time for it. It's if I find the time. Because <laughs> I've I've been debating getting rid of it and training it in for a better game, basically. Me too, to be honest. And now that uh, Final Fantasy VII was free on PS Plus, I can trade that in as well, so... Yeah, I am debating. I'm just trying to think of what other games... Send us your opinions. If you've got any good recommendations for for games to play, primarily PlayStation, that we can play we can play multiplayer. Look, um, I'd, be, I'd even a... be more ex- like into playing like Battlefront 2 multiplayer again. Like Even though it's again you can get you could get bored of it it's still like there is enough variety i guess to have fun yeah i, I think the difference between battlefront 2 and avengers is battlefront 2 has the variety in terms of game modes they're very different games avengers well. <laughs> avengers is just it is the whole thing is exactly the same there is no yeah. variety and if you're in the case of me where i found that i only liked playing as like one of the heroes then it does become very boring because some of them just don't i didn't click with See, I might, I might download it today just to play a bit more of the... Because I know they've brought out the Hawkeye and the Kate Bishop storyline. Mm. So I might play that to see if I enjoy it. And if I enjoy it to a point of, I'd say, oh, yeah, I'll play multiplayer for this. I'll keep it. If I if I play the story and turn it off after two hours, I'm just going to trade it in, I think. I think I think the, the concept of it was great. I think the build-up to it was good, but I just don't think they... It just didn't deliver. No, they really disappointed. That's a really disappointing game. Just like Cyberpunk. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people who's like got got a lot out of playing that on PC. I know um, I have a friend that completed it and is what might do another playthrough at some point. Really? Yeah, there's a lot to do. There is a lot to do in that game. The the thing thing is, for me, when it comes to Cyberpunk, is I was I was very interested in the story and the world, and I was I was doing a lot more side missions. Yeah. Instead of going for the main story, because I was really interested in exploring the world. But when I was on PS4 and it was crashing and the graphics were bad, I was like, right, it's because I'm on a. I was on like one of the original original PS4, so I was yeah. like, right, that's probably that, why. That's that's the only reason why you're. I think that's the real the only reason why your experience of the game is maybe like damaged. I I haven't touched the game since I bought it. Like I did once, and I was like, it's having a little bit of performance issues, and I wasn't. It was like late anyway, so I was like, I was only doing it to try it out. Um, mm. So I was I was actually waiting to because I knew they were doing some patches on PS4. I know I think they've done I don't know if they've done both of them. I know they were saying they were going to do two. Patches. No, it's um the second one's been delayed. Okay, well I mean I'm not I have no drive to play it right now, but I know that obviously when I when I eventually get PS5 I'll be able to upgrade to the PS5 version, which performs well, that's the, that's... better apparently. But that's the thing. So I I when I got my PlayStation Five, I the first thing I did was I. They've not brought out the PS5 version for it yet. Oh yeah, it's not out but, yet. That's it. Yeah. But I I started because but they've all they've said that the PS4 version plays a lot better and it doesn't crash on the PlayStation 5. So I was like, right, you know what? I'll give it another chance. Mm. So I plugged it in, started playing it. But the problem is, it still crashes quite often. 
and the the graphics the graphics are definitely better on the PS5 version but they're still not there but the the crashes the crashes still happen which which was annoying me so I stopped playing it I've still got it I'm not going to trade it in just yet because you don't get any money for it anyway no yeah um, well here's but I, here's also yeah. the thing about it is that they'll keep they'll, they will keep patching it over time like they will they did the exact same thing with uh, The Witcher 3 as far as I have been told like that yeah. game that game didn't start off playing very well and they got a lot better like yeah you should that like, you say like why release a game in the first place you know if it's not ready um cyberpunk was very much a case of people were it was i think it was fans pushing for it a lot as well yeah i think fans were getting fed up with the endless delays but then that means it's just it needs the time the fact that we the fact that some fans push is probably the reason why i mean i guess it's all corporations and stuff as well as i say with the reason why crunch exists in video games which is obviously a big topic but i don't think we we're equipped to really talk about <laughs> no not not at least without a couple of uh some some research into it first but to be to be fair to be fair video games that kind of didn't live up to our expectations is a is a topic that We've we've put on our list to talk about at some point, so that would be very interesting to get into. I just don't think I have that many. Like I'm here's an example though of a game that didn't live up to anyone's expectations when it first came out and is now like apparently a hell of a lot better. No Man's Sky. I know. Lit. I knew yeah. you were gonna say that. Like yeah. that game was like it had so much potential. It was bigged up for its potential, but they weren't. That wasn't what the game. We. I think it was a lot of people misunderstanding the game was being missold, and then. But it's got to that stage now where it's like, oh, it's it's a lot better now. I haven't touched it for a little bit. I'm I am planning to, but well, yeah. people yeah, people say it's amazing now. People say it's a really really good game. Well, they actually introduced like the multiplayer aspect that they were bigging up because when it first came out, it was like, yeah, there's this whole universe to explore, but you're you're on your own basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, yeah. Now it's yeah. There's a lot more to do in the game as well. So. It's a better game now, and it's not as much as it was when it first came out. <laughs> hmm. See, that's one game that's never really properly interested me. It's it Which is, is it is really like at least when I first when it, when it first came out, it was quite repetitive in what you were doing, and now I I don't know everything that's available to do in it now. I would have to give it put some time into it. I have only played yeah. it once in like the last two years, so that's fair. But yeah. I am planning to oh. give it a go at some point again. Yeah, plan, man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? I think that comes up to the end of our of oh. our news today. We went on some tangents in that news, but we went we went on quite a few. T- I, I like it when we got tangents though. Yeah, uh, they're nice tangents. But we've still got three films to talk about. We do. So, um, <laughs> as stated at the start of the episode, this episode we're going to be talking all about the Legendary's Monsterverse, which consists of Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. We were going to talk about this last week, um, but we needed a bit more time to, to watch, watch the films. Yeah. Because, you know, life gets in the way, guys. Life Some... is life is lo- busy. And sometimes, especially if you're like me, I'm not a big fan of rewatching films anymore. Like. Yeah, that's fair. But... The one I was excited to watch the first two. I was not excited to. I kept putting off Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'll oh, see. It, I, for me, it was I wasn't. I kept putting off watching the first Godzilla. Okay, um, that's interesting. But then, I guess the talk. The first film we're going to talk about is the first Godzilla. So, yeah. 
Well, yeah, well, t- I'll tell you what, I've got some, um, I've got some statistics, statistics for you. I've got a couple of statistics, t- statistics, if I can say it. So, um, got some budget and how much they've made. Do you want me to go film by film as we talk about it? Let's talk about it like now. It says, yeah, say like what, what Godzilla made. We'll talk about Godzilla and then do it for the next one. The next one, yeah. So, okay. Well, I'll start off with the Legendary's Monsterverse in general. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in it, all together for the three films, the budget for Legendary's Monsterverse, not including Godzilla vs. Kong, by the way, um, was $675 million. Okay. But it, but it has made one billion four hundred eighty-two million three hundred twenty-nine thousand and nineteen pounds. Dollars. Um, dollars. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so Godzilla came out in twenty fourteen, directed by Gareth Edwards. Yep. Um, based on, and I know Connor wants me to say it, based on a story by David Callahan. The screenplay was written by Max Borstein. Borenstein, sorry. Fucking hell, butchered well, that. Well, technically, it's based on uh, Toho's 1954 Godzilla. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, based on, Godzilla by to- based on Godzilla by Toho, but I'm saying this story was written. <laughs> yeah. Uh, its budget was 160 million. Um, here you go, Craig, because we didn't have trivia at the start. Mm-hmm. How much do you think this film made in the box office worldwide? Um. Around six hundred million. You're not far off. It oh. made five hundred twenty-nine million dollars. Okay, five hundred was my altogether. Was, was going to be my first guess, but then I went with six hundred because I thought just bump it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, let's get into it, man. What are your what are your thoughts and opinions on this first Godzilla film? Well, that was what I was going to say. This monsterverse, anyway. That was what I was going to say about how I was trying to. I was putting off watching this film. But it's my favorite of the three. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love this film. Like, in certain ways, and then I, I dislike a lot of aspects of it. I'm not gonna deny that. But I love this film. Yeah. <laughs> I did from the moment I saw it in the cinema. Um, I think I, I don't know if I did, but I might have watched it in IMAX. But I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. No. I. Yeah, I really enjoy this film. Like, that. The, the bit that lets me down the most is I think the bit that lets everyone down the most in these kinds of films and that's the human aspect yeah for sure I'd, I'd, I'd say for me out of the three this one's my second favourite okay. I won't say what my first favourite is just yet I think I know what, you, what I, it is anyway but yeah I th- yeah you'll know but for, for me this on first watched I liked it re-watching it over the past two weeks I really enjoyed it a lot more mm. um my critiques did we sorry did we, when you first watched it did we watch it together yeah, yeah in did. our uni house yeah of course we did um my critiques again are the human element the human characters being a bit too underdeveloped yeah for me yeah very, um, very bland. i am also one of those kind of see this next critique people might disagree with right godzilla's screen time in the film for me at least on first watch, was a problem. It is on second on second watch. Sorry, on second watch, I can understand why Gareth Edwards and the film chooses the the, the choices. Like, for example, when you're about to see him fight, but then they're going into the bunker and the bunker yeah. closes. I understand why he does 
moments like that. Oh yeah, it's... and I, I I respect and appreciate that, but I would have liked to have had more Godzilla in a Godzilla film. It's very frustrating for the audience, and it is them teasing us a lot. But that's what it's supposed to be. It's meant to be teasing and building up to this bigger event, which. I'll say that the finale of this film is one of my favourite finales in a film from the last decade. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I because I remember I, watching this in the cinema, and it is for for the most like the human element is bland, it's boring, it's the worst part of the film, but it's most of the film. Yeah, that's true, and uh, and that's the saddest thing is it's got an impressive cast. Like Anne Taylor Johnson, I was going to say it's it, right. at the time for the time it's not that impressive a cast because like. Aaron Taylor Johnson, at the time, I think he'd been he'd been Kickass at that point, um, yeah, which he's really good in, and he was yet to be in Avengers. Mm. Um, this came out the same year as Age of Ultron. Yeah, uh, no, it came out the year before. Oh, ignore me. Ultron's twenty fifteen. This is twenty fourteen. Um, ah. But what I will say is, Aaron Taylor Johnson hasn't gone on to become like big in the same way that Elizabeth Olsen has. Yeah, and at the time, both of them were relatively unknown. The biggest name in this film is also the best char- the best human character in the film, and that's Brian Cranston. Yeah, I I I think he's really interesting, and he really sells his character really well. Like he's oh, for sure he and he, he pulls you in spoilers, emotionally. Spoilers for these films, obviously. Um, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spoil all of these films. So he, obviously he he dies quite early on, and it 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 it. It shocked a lot of people that watched it because he was sold in the trailers as well. Like it's like, it felt like it was going to be Brian Cranston's film, but then he yeah, dies quite early was... on. See, the disappointing one of the disappointing aspects of this film for me wasn't the fact that Brian Cranston died. No, it was the fact that the reaction to his death, particularly from Aaron Taylor, particularly for Aaron, it was kind of swept under the rug. Right, yeah. their relate the relationship between Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Cranston, in terms of the the character's relationship it's it's there but in terms of these two actors it it didn't sell for me for those two that, that could be down i don't to, know what it is it could it could be down to the writing and the direction maybe the director wasn't giving the right kind of instructions yeah. for those scenes well that's 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 what i was thinking because because when you look at the actors in this film each actor i i think i don't think there is a poor actor in this film i think each actor with what they've been given Acts well in this film. I yeah. think they've been underdeveloped, and the script they were like script and direction they were given just didn't wasn't able to push them enough. Like I, I enjoy Aaron Taylor Johnson in this film. I really enjoy Elizabeth Olsen in this film. You know, Sally Hawkins is great. Brian Cranston is great. I really like Ken Watanabe in this film and Godzilla too. Yeah, I like I like but, Ken Watanabe but, and Sally Hawkins together. They're good. Yeah, but I, it's it's the material. I think the material and direction they were given wasn't able for them My- to really. Push it. My joke I was I made to uh, my, uh, one of my friends the other day was um, this film was cast by uh, Sarah ha- Halle Finn who does all the like uh, Marvel movies. Um, okay. So she would have been responsible for the casting of Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen as the the twins as well as um, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch. Almost called a Wonder Vision. But uh, so I'm feeling like. It's funny because she cast them for this film, and I was watching it being like, I can see why she then cast them as brother and sister because they have absolutely no chemistry as a husband and wife. Oh yeah, the chem- the <laughs> chemistry for them as husband and wife is not there. It felt weird like them as a husband and wife. Like, <laughs> do you know? Do you know what it is, Brian? 
when they're because you know when he comes home in the beginning yeah and they or like i don't know quarter of the way into the film and they're, they're at home and they start making out and then the phone rings i found that so okay, okay yes i've seen them as brother and sister age of ultron but if you if you if you take that away yeah. and just purely focus on this film that's really uncomfortable it once does. you've watched the whole film because by the end of it when she's ringing him up and saying i'm scared it's like a little sister phoning her older brother. That's just that's just the chemistry they have. They don't have chemistry as a husband and wife. No, they were, they're not it's very not good there. in that film. I mean, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson in some scenes, but I think it's more I like the scenario. So you know, for example, I don't want to jump around too much, but the uh, the scene on the the, uh, the train, you know, where there's the little um, Asian kid that gets separated from his parents. Yes, I like when how, Godzilla kind of first appears. Yeah, I like how he he is in that scene with the kid, like that feels yeah, quite same. natural like i think he's good there and um as a character as a whole now yeah he is very he doesn't seem to have any real motivation for why he's involved in all of this apart from the fact that my it's... family his family are in san francisco um yeah i preferred i preferred elizabeth olsen's character to aaron taylor johnson's character that's that's exactly more... my point as well i think she she was quite interesting in what she was doing but i think it's more because of maybe the situation she's in when she's like not when not when she's in the bunker but obviously because we don't see her when she's in the bunker um <laughs> no i mean I, I liked her relationship with her little boy and then i like the fact yeah. she has to kind of give her to his friend and then kind of have to make her own way like, i was more interested in all that stuff than aaron yeah. taylor johnson on a train with this massive bomb like, trying to figure yeah. like, i didn't care about that i when they're on the massive train that I, I zoned out of that scene completely but i like it when he's in the city when he like during the final sequence i like him then i think he's quite yeah he knows that you can see he knows what he's doing and he, and he does what he needs to do like in regards to when he kills the muto's babies and that as well yeah i think i think i think the final act is the strongest out of all three acts for sure i mean yeah. for sure um, i think where's my talk on the final act I can. I'll go into the final act a bit later, but we'll go. Let's go to a, a big. There's a point I want to talk about for this, these. This film specifically, um, and okay. and I guess Gareth Edwards specifically is that this film has a tremendous sense of scale. Yeah, I do. I do. I know people are. I I do know there's people out there that are not fans of Gareth Edwards and his use of scale. For me, in this film, it's great. I I I, yeah. I think his use of scale and visuals in this film really work. There's um. Personally. There's, you know, when there's the scene on the train. Um, the well, the start with the kid. The, yeah, with the kid in and when Hawaii. The, uh, yeah, and when all the lights go off and they all start coming back on, and then you just the Muto is just there. Yeah, like that, like those kinds of things, and it's like you really feel like it's that, like that huge thing is there and like coming closer to them. Um, and I don't know why I've got this under the the sense of scale part, but uh, the whole anyway, the whole like. Hawaii airport stuff that handles Godzilla really like his you know when there's that bit when like uh, the Muto like destroys one of the planes and all that and like every, or everything's exploding and then all the people are screaming and then, then Godzilla's foot just comes down and everything just falls silent yes that is like that's such a good scene <laughs> it is no it is great and I, I think I think Gareth Edwards handles that well I think he handles Godzilla, when we actually get to see Godzilla quite well, again for me it's just it's just the fact that we yeah. there's just not enough of him. I think for me. that scene is also when we get the first like full on pan up shot right until we see his face, and I think he does a roar in that scene as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because over in my notes, I've written literally chills. 
<laughs> like I've become because of this, these two Godzilla films, I've become a really big fan of Godzilla. So like, yeah, that's fair. Whenever he's on screen, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, like, you know, I, I, I love think... those scenes with him. Like, they're great. Yeah, um, I, I, it's a, it's a hard one for me this film because I do, I did really enjoy it when I watched it, and I would watch it again. But yeah. when I speak about it, there's just elements for me that I just didn't. Oh, there is no, yeah, of course. I can talk more about the elements I didn't like than the elements I did, yet it's a film I enjoy. I don't know, it has that weird... I have a weird relationship with this film. This is a very weird... Film. This is a very, like, different scenario for us, then, because typically I'm the one that will always talk... I, I'm, I'm better at dwelling on the negatives of a lot of films. Yeah. But, but for this film in particular, I can really find the positives, that I like the bits I love, the reason why I really like this film. Talk to me about some positives. So let's, like, let's fire my brain up. So you know the scene when they uh, they jump out the plane at the end. Yeah, when they're going into the city. Yeah, I that's like, a that's a good scene. The to way be fair. there's yeah. like there's a big landscape shot of just the sky, you know, all the clouds, and it's like really there's like this red, obviously. Yeah. The, the soundtrack is very. I think there's like there is there is there there's a vo- like a vocal part in the soundtrack. I think I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's very it's very kind of uh, choral, and it starts yeah. off quite quite low. And it kind of it gets is... higher as they go into the so city. That... Alexander Desplat did the soundtrack for this film as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's got a lot of really good tracks as well, like in the soundtrack. And that that bit, like, I'm not a big fan of the track itself, but it's the whole scene together, like everything come together. It's like it's that sense of it comes spectacle. together well. That sense of spectacle, you know, where the, yeah. the uh, where the like I, I, you can't really say production design because it's not. I mean, I guess you can say production design, but like you know how how it looks, it's just it all, and it, like, how it looks, how it sounds, it all comes together really well. And then like you know, as they're like with the red flares and that, as they're falling down, like past Godzilla, and you can see him like with the lightning fighting the Muto and stuff like that. Like I know we can't we can't necessarily see everything as as clearly as we'd like to. But, yeah, like, it's quite it's quite dark in terms yeah. of color, but I think I really love think... that sequence. Yeah, I think visually. It's a, it's especially when you're in the cinema. That is that is a, that, like you said, the whole scene comes together. It's such a spectacle to watch. Yeah, I, and I think talking about the final act in particular, something that is a positive for me on this film, which leads into a negative of Kick of the Monsters, which I'll get to later, is what I liked about this film is there's not uh, you have Godzilla, and then you have uh, Mutos. Is that what they call Mutos? Yeah, uh, monsters. Mutos. Yeah, monsters of unknown terrestrial origin. Yeah, I like the fact there's not loads of different mutos in this film. I, I like I, the fact there's you can kind of keep track of who he has to well take on. Yeah, we'll get into it more about the King of Mon- King of the Monsters, but that was the point of like they wanted to build the world up a bit more in that film. This one was just we were introducing you to it. We're introducing you more to Godzilla, giving you giving him an enemy. You know, that, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I like. Yeah, I like yeah. that as well. I like. I mean, the mutos themselves aren't interesting i like their designs like how they're like i can't explain what they look like but they're like you know what is it is there's um it's almost times where you almost feel for them a little bit because obviously they're just trying to like you know they when they meet up again and then they breed obviously somehow <laughs> i mean why not Fuck and then it. then the uh, the female obviously lays the eggs in that and then when aaron taylor johnson blows up the eggs and the reaction from the female yeah, like, you almost get a sense of you, you. You almost feel 
you feel bad. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's a bit. But it's like obviously they are destroying everything as well. So you know. (laughs) And I do, I do, I do think that's what these films do quite well as well. Is is a sense of, at least for me, you might disagree, and 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 this this links to Kong as well. You you feel a sense of empathy for them. Maybe not at first, but towards the end of the film, especially like Godzilla. Uh, in this film, when he, um, you know, when he kind of collapses and he looks at Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. which is just really fucking weird. But well, they do a lot of that. Bit. They do a lot of that and, in these films. And yeah, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of Kong and Kong Skull Island. Right again, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. But when he's looking, when he's looking at the stars and the sky, you get a sense of you. You feel empathy for them, and you feel emotional for them, and you feel kind of we get to understand them just that little bit more and they're not just these makes them feel a bit more like they belong in the world you know in their in that world that they're in they makes you feel like they actually they're there they're more it makes you makes them feel a bit real yeah exactly and and for me that makes them feel more of protagonists because yeah because you you could people can argue the point especially in this film when godzilla is taking on the mood it's just like okay yes godzilla is kind of meant to be the protagonist he's, the he's defending us but he's also he's also causing all this destruction so he's, how do we see him as a hero he's not then the, you get i say he's not the protagonist he's he's the hero like he does he comes yeah, sorry. saves the day yeah that's what he is like, yeah. it's like uh, an example i can pull out of my hat is a uh, is for, for dragon ball how people say in dragon ball z goku's not the main character in dragon ball z he's the hero mm. he's the one that saves the day you know um and it's and it's and it's like People argue the fact of, oh, how can we see him as a hero when he's causing all this destruction? But then you get scenes like that where you just see this very, this very personal scene where he's just, he's just exhausted on the floor, yeah. but he still tries. And I guess you could link that. For me, it links very much to Man of Steel in terms of I think, I think, and bear with me on this, Godzilla is more of a hero in this film than Superman is in the final act of Man of Steel. Well, that's the good thing about like these films is that when he's well going to like you can then also say things like when there's that massive tsunami in in hawaii that's godzilla's fault because he's approaching the approaching them yeah at you know such a speed and he's so big that it just drags all the water with him um but then you can also say that when they're they know they're like oh we can tell this is where they're going we're gonna lead them like you know in a sense the army will very much do this stuff i think the navy and i don't know whoever's involved um and then they make it uh, an effort to be like, oh no, they're evacuating the city. They're putting people into safe areas, you know. So like, we know these giant creatures are coming. So they're doing their best to like make sure they do limit the amount of deaths. And in the end, it is yeah. just they just obliterate a city. And in the grand scheme of things, not that many people have died. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in in Man of Steel <laughs> pretty much everyone in that city is killed well didn't they say didn't he say like it was like 5,000 people died <laughs> yeah I remember Zack Snyder Which doing still an interview doesn't... And he, just, he just laughs about it he's like yeah about like 5,000 people it, he's a, and it's funny because yeah no in that film you don't get the sense of he say he's trying to protect people he's just beating the shit out of Zod whereas in this film I feel like, yeah, there's more. There's awareness to the fact that there, there's no one around. Yeah, exactly. Apart from the soldiers. Yeah, you get more of a sense that he's trying to stop. Yeah. These villains from, from existing, not destroying anything, but purely from existing. If, and if he destroys natural, things, then so be it. 
restore the natural order, as they say. Like you know. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why 100%. you. That's why Godzilla's woken up is because these things have, and he's come to restore the natural order. And then he, you know, Ugh. goes back into the sea. Excuse me. <clears throat> but um, I love like when you get the first reveal of the atomic breath. You got the blue lights lighting up on him, and then you know, he fires it. Oh, that, yeah! All the atomic breath stuff in these films um, are great. Well, I just wanted to go through like my my three favorite moments that are like in the film is that when you get that reveal of the uh, atomic breath. And yep. then there's that bit where the Muto's like the the male one is like running at him and he just whips it with his tail into the building, killing it. Yep, yep. All of the building does collapse on him, I think, after that as well. But it's just so like he just it's it's like because they're so big, you don't expect like the pace in which he hits him and just like smacks him into that building. And then obviously, yeah, you when almost he... expect it to be slow motion in a sense, yeah, because of how big they are. And then when he um when he defeats the female Muto that's about to kill Aaron Taylor Johnson oh yeah of course I forgot about that he opens its mouth with just atomic breath down the throat ripping its head off yeah that's <laughs> that's the best takedown I think uh, it's so Easily. crazy it's, but it's great you know they only do those kinds of things because it's like for the for the, the for how it's going to look on the screen like but it's yeah I love it oh for sure. I'm sure in a cinema that bit is just outstanding oh yeah when I saw this film in the cinema like I loved it when I saw it in the cinema but it's because you, the last thing you see is obviously the thing you take away the most and it was that final act like, yeah I, for, for sure I really I do stand by this being a really good film I know a lot of people have a lot of criticisms of it especially uh, the lack of Godzilla screen time I know that is the biggest criticism of this film um, yeah I can look past that I because I do like a lot of the little teasers we get as well for Godzilla because he still feels like a presence like when he gets those bits of screen time and it's similar to what the first Transformers film did how we don't get to really see the Transformers fight until the end yeah um, but we do then see loads of we, we get to see a lot of Transformers in that film until we get to the end so it's different in that regard but it's similar as well um, yeah it's got a lot of I... dead air but yeah I love this film yeah I think for me I enjoy this film I enjoyed it a lot more on my second watch, like recently when I first than when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of the cast, though I don't think they're utilised great. But I do like I like the casting. Um, I wouldn't say it's a for me. I wouldn't say it's a fantastic film, but I'd say it's a good film. So like if we based on our new rating system that we established last episode, yes. um, which is which I, you know what I was thinking about our rating system over the course of the last week. It's genuinely genius. I think. I think it's really. It's it's just great. I love it. Um, but uh, for those who don't know, Connor should take the credit for it. Put mm-hmm. up a new rating system. Well, I said, "What if we rated smoking microns?" But he actually developed it. So our rating system, Connor. If you want to explain, yeah. But, if you want to explain our rating system. So, if a film is very very poor in our opinions, like bottom of the barrel. Uh, it's. Uh, I think this applies to anything. Anything we rate really, really low, it's just two ordinary microphones, two stinky old microphones that have been sitting there for years. Yeah. Um, they don't work, they crackle. If it's like just a bit below average, the film or TV, whatever, it's just a bit below average, it's just one one little old microphone that you might pull out of the yeah. closet if you've got a guest around and you need two microphones. Um, got a little bit of static, but you know, yeah. it's fine if you have to. Um, and then if it's like above average 
we don't really have an average I get at the moment because but we'll 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 get to that when we get to something that's incredibly average. But when it, if it's like good, we like this, you know, we'll we would well, I don't know, if we like it. Uh it gets one one smoking microphone, one proper on fire microphone. Yeah. Um and if it's like amazing in our eyes, we can really enjoy this product. It doesn't mean we think it's the best thing ever made. It's just in our opinions, it's like it's up there as one of our favorite things. It gets, yeah, we'd rewatch it, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Two big smoking microphones, microphones, you know, two expensive microphones that you've decided to set on fire. You know what? I've just thought of what we can do for incredibly average. Hmm. No microphones. Mm, you don't no get no ordinary microphones, no smoking microphones. It's just you're just, it's You're no just recording a voice note on your phone. <laughs> yeah, just a, just no microphones. You use whatever just, mic that's built in. It's just one of those headsets that's got a microphone in the wire. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's a natural progression for average. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what would you give this film based on that description? For me, it's a toss between no microphones and a smoking microphone. Okay. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna say a smoke microphone because I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah. A lot more on this rewatch, and I, I. Yeah, it was just fun. It was enjoyable. There is there is criticisms to it, but I did enjoy it. How about how about you? Well, before I I say I wanted to draw attention to the one point. I've not really written a lot about it in notes, but I, I have a. I had, there was a lot of reasons in the film why this is one of my favorite aspects of the whole film, and it's the sound design of the film is incredible. Like yeah, Godzilla's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like Godzilla's roars, the, the 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 way the Mutos sound. Like I think what they did with the sound design for the monsters specifically is amazing, and it really stands out when you. W- I watched it with headphones on, and that was just like I. Could, it was like I could feel it. And yeah, I, and the sound design gives me chills especially with Godzilla's like roar and that um but I yeah I definitely give this film two smoking microphones because I didn't realize how much I love it <laughs> no that's fair man if you love it you love it yeah and I mean yeah of course it's got so many bland moments but then I still have a lot of fun watching it and I think at the end of the day that's the most important thing yeah oh for sure if you I think enjoyability is yeah. is what's got to come first and foremost I think Okay, let's move on. Shall we? Do you want to do it in release order? Do you want to do Kong Sky yeah, Island we'll next? Kong or? next, yeah. Okay, so um, Kong Sky Island. It was released. Let me double check before I actually say in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, in the Empire in Leicester Square. It was where it was premiered. Just to throw that out there. Why not? Well, we watched it in um, Leicester Square. We did. Its budget was one hundred eighty-five million dollars. This one made the most out of the three. It yeah. made $586.7 million. It was directed by Jordan Vogt Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's my little statistics for you. Connor, what is your what's your general... Before we get into the film, what's your general opinion on, the, on, these, on this film? I think it's the... It, as a film, it's the best one of the three, in that sense. Okay. Um... I, rewatching this film, I was a bit bored. Not gonna lie. Okay, that's um, fair. I think the reason why it was maybe more successful, it, it wasn't that more successful by uh, an incredible amount, was it? It was like a twenty million more than that, obviously, but something like that. Because um, it was still about five hundred something, didn't you? You said. Yeah. So uh, Godzilla was five two nine. This was five eight six. Okay. So 
the reason why it maybe had a little bit more success is because based on maybe they knew it was connected to some people would have known it's connected to Godzilla and also because there was a another Kong film in, in recent years King Kong 2005 yeah um so it was more I think people know I think especially in the western audiences people know a lot more about Kong than they do Godzilla because Godzilla is obviously a Japanese property um but yeah. it's a good film it's a good film uh the, okay. the cast is brilliant I think they have a really good cast a lot of good names in there as well and yep the human element of this film is better to watch than the other ones. Like, I'm more interested in these characters. Yeah. Um, okay. And, again, like we said, obviously, spoilers for all these films, I think the villain of the film is very good. Uh, and when I say that, I mean Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think yeah. he's great. Like, I like his character a lot, because I made a note about, like, he's really interesting, because you see it when you first introduced to him like he's disappointed that the war in vietnam is ending because it's like this is all he knows this is his life yeah you see that genuine kind of downfall into into madness yeah, as the how film he, goes on he he is like it's mentioned even by um i think it's shay wiggum's character that says it but it's like you don't necessarily you don't have the enemy unless you go looking for it like you know what something like that yeah uh and that's what he does like samuel jackson's character he goes looking for this enemy um, yeah, a couple more statistics as well that I I should mention oh, yeah. uh, that I mentioned on the last ones. Uh, story was by John Gattins, I want to say. Never heard of him. <laughs> um, he is an American screenwriter. He is known for writing the drama film Flight in 2012, which was an, got a nomination for Academy Award. Okay. Um, Isn't he has collaborated Denzel? with Eddie Murphy for Norbert. Oh God. Anyway. Uh, and the screenplay was by Dan Gilroy, Max okay. Bort, who um, is best known for writing and directing Nightcrawler. Um, oh, Max yeah. Borenstein, who is he known... He as well, didn't he? Yes, he yeah. has worked on all of these films. Okay, so he's the guy the that's like... Kong. He's the guy that's like, let's put down all the... He's the Lombok guy linking them together. Yeah, the continuity yeah. as well. He's basically... Um, and, that, yeah. Derek Connolly, who is mostly known for his collaborations with Colin Trevorrow on Jurassic World, okay. Fallen Kingdom, Second Um For me, this film, this one's my favourite out of the three. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you when you say it's the strongest out of the three. For me, I, I love the cast of this film, and this is this is the film out of the three where I actually care about the humor and element to a degree i'm not saying i'm like in love with these characters but but mm. i think their introduction their setup and their development is the best out of the three i really enjoy the the aesthetic and the 70s setting i think it's kind of a perfect setting for this film um it does and work you get a to, lot. yeah yeah and i think you get to know more about we get to know more about monarch which is the kind of institution that like Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins work for in Godzilla and Godzilla Two, um, and you get but you get to know about it on a more personal level. I feel like you actually get to see yeah. it kind of, it's not taken off, but you get to understand their reasoning behind it. Yeah, um, yeah I this this is easily the strongest for me out of the three. Like I I enjoy how fun and enjoyable it is, and I also enjoy the fact that it takes Kong. And like you said, the most recent the the before this the recent Kong films were 
where it'd be like half set in Ireland and half set in New York on the Empire State Building, yeah, for example. The traditional story of Kong is that they find him on an island and they take him back to New York to make him an attraction. Um, and he escapes. Um, and usually, usually in those stories, he'll die. Like it's that tragic yeah, story of that of Kong, really. Exactly. Um, but I like Kong. the fact this. I like the fact this. It's a different interpretation. Yeah, I like the fact it's quite self-contained to this island. Yeah. Once you get to the island, and you get to learn the kind, of, you get to learn about Kong through the eyes of the island, but also through the eyes of Kong in a way. Like, yeah, I love, lot, I love. You spend a lot of time with Kong. Yeah. Yeah, I love how kind of I feel a lot of empathy for Kong in this film. Oh yeah. Like, this, well, they come into his was... home and disturb him, and you know, ruin his life. So. <laughs> exactly, and for me, for me, a standout scene for me in this film. Which is kind of why I love it so much as well is the scene where Kong is at night and they're talking. I think the Islanders are talking about him, or it might be John C. Riley. And then it cuts to Kong, and he's just sitting, trying to rest, just looking at the night sky and looking at the stars. Mm-hmm. And you and it's it's such a simple scene, yeah. but it really makes me fall in love with Kong. Like I actually go, I feel sorry for him. They've invaded his home. Yeah. He's he's protecting if anything, he's protecting these islanders yeah. that have lived there for years. I mean that's the um, thing they specifically say with the uh, little creatures that come up from out of the ground or scurred skull crawlers as John C. Riley calls them. Um Exactly and I and he protects I, them I, from them. So yeah. Yeah, and it took my cr- critiques of Godzilla and King of the Monsters of of a human element that I just just honestly don't care about but for this i do like you you see you get to see kind of the 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 soldiers before they go into this mission and they're all just kind of chilling and having fun having a bit of banter with each other and you get to learn a bit about them like you said you know samuel jackson's character is really disappointed that he's worked he's worked through this war and he's done all this effort for nothing and it's over and then you know you get um Tom Hiddleston is kind of, I'm a macho soldier. That he was probably, his introduction is the one I didn't particularly care about. But then yeah, as his, the film got, got his on, his introduction is so fine. typical. It's yeah, like, it's, it's typical those, for this setting. Doesn't he just for, for I, this film? Yeah, I didn't necessarily pay much attention to his actual introduction scene. Doesn't he just beat someone up in a bar and it's like, yeah, that's our guy? <laughs> kind yeah, of, he beat someone scene. up in a bar with a pool cue. You yeah. couldn't have got more atypical for an American Vietnam soldier film. Well, and he's. Playing a an SAS former SAS uh, person. Older, so yeah, he's British. And I think um, Brie Larson's great as well. I, I think really like film. Brie Larson in this film. Yeah, I mean, I like. Um, I, obviously, I'm a big fan of Brie Larson as it is, but I really like her in this film. She's really good. Yeah, but those are my those are my general opinions. This is this is my favorite out of the three mm-hmm. for sure. No, I like the uh, I like the soldiers. I like the banter between them a little bit. You know, you can see that they they're they're friends. They know each other very well. I like the yeah. the set. I think it's smart to make the setting Viet, uh, during the Vietnam War because it's like we take you are just there making a Vietnam movie, but Kong's there. <laughs> yeah, but I think I just, think it works to a degree. It does. It does have that typical Vietnam. You know, oh, you've got all those. You know, the songs playing that we we're so familiar with for Vietnam films. Yeah, but I like the fact it's it's. You, you instead of it just being a pure human kind of oh these just explorers have ventured in and have stumbled across Kong I like the fact there's a mission to go there and you get the soldiers kind of viewpoint yeah. as it goes on as well isn't the plot of uh, 2005 King Kong they're going to film a movie 
Yeah, Jack Black's like the director, isn't he? Yeah, and then they just like stumble upon this ancient tribe and Kong and all that. But yeah, um, I haven't watched that in years. I know it's very long though. I don't even remember it. I don't even know if I have watched it all the way through, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I like. Yeah, this film has more interesting characters, and we do. Sp- we spend a lot of time with them. I think it's because they talk a lot more as well. Whereas in in Godzilla, we spend more time with the military than we do with real people. Yeah, which is part of. It's just take, taking back to Godzilla for a moment. It's part of why I think Brian Cranston is the most interesting character, is because it feels like a different film when we're with him. Yeah, like I can see that. It feels like a almost like a conspiracy film. Like he's like, there's something you know, you've hidden something, and there's all this stuff, and then it just becomes a tradition, like a military film. And yeah, that's probably where it, a lot of people get lost in that. But any that's we've talked about Godzilla already. We'll probably jump between the films a lot, but. No, but that's that's the kind on that point. That's what I like about this film is that is that it's I funny. think the problem with Godzilla yeah. in terms of the human element is it didn't know what human element to focus on. For me, yeah, but then and again, I think... this is also a military film, so <laughs> no, are. of course. But then, but then, what I liked about this one is it knew the human elements it wanted to expand upon, and it expanded upon oh, those yeah. elements rather than it made it... jumping between. Like, it made the human element a part yeah. of the story. Yes, exactly. It didn't just feel forced for me. Like I like the fact that they get they if you start with the first act, I like the fact it's a mission for Monarch and you get to know more about Monarch. So when we go into King of the Monsters, for example, you have a bit more of an appreciation for this for what they're trying to do. But then I like the fact that they go into this mission and they stumble at the, you know and it is their own fault. That's why Kong comes out, they drop bombs to, to, to look at the seismic activity. So no wonder Kong comes down and kicks the shit out well, of it, them all. It's, like, late, it's later on said that the reason why they dropped the bombs was to draw him out. Like, John yeah. Goodman says it. He's like, you know, we knew he... John Goodman's very much like, I know he like this thing exists. Um, and I think it's Samuel Jackson that says to him, that's why you dropped the bombs. You were trying to draw something out. Yeah. Yeah. You um, kind of un- you undercover the shady sides of them as well, but then I like I like the fact they're split. I like for me, out of the two teams, you get you get two teams consisting of of just the soldiers, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I can't remember some of the characters' names. Let me. I'm all caught there. I've got the cast list names. in front of me. I could, I could name some of the some of the cast, but barely any of them. Yeah, like you've got Toby Kebble. They're all trying to find Jack Chapman, who's played by Tony Kebble. Um, you've got, but then you've also got. The other team, which consists of mainly civilians and, and a soldier. Yeah, that one soldier. Yeah. Um. So you've got like you've band. got. Yeah, you've got Tom Hiddleston's character. You've got Brie Larson's character. Um. And I, they stumble across and they end up meeting John C. Riley's character. And the thing for me is, I enjoy Tom Hiddleston's group and that story much more than the soldiers as the film goes on that's the bit we see what we see with them is how they don't want to be dragged along on this thing but like it's one of those things where you can see that the soldiers are being led on a mission that they will probably end up losing because samuel jackson's very much he's got that feeling that it's it's we keep fighting or we die attitude to him yeah like he doesn't seem he's very much like oh he's killed all my men but he doesn't seem to really care it's like as each man's down he's like shake it off keep going you know yeah he just wants to keep fighting but yet 
you, like, like we said at the beginning, you can see his clear descent into this madness of of what has he been fighting for. He's just looking for something to take on and something to fight. Yeah. And I, I do think that's an interesting look into him. And then, like you say, you've got you've got Tom Hiddleston's character with Brie Larson's character who stumble across this tribe and are genuinely quite interested in learning more about Kong and they feel more empathy for Kong, but at the same time, they just want to get the civilians off this island. They just want to leave and not disturb the peace anymore. I don't remember his um, name, but you know the uh, the the, the scientist, the the guy that John Goodman's with. I can't remember the character's name or the actor's name for that matter. You got yeah, you got John Goodman, who plays William Randa. Yeah. And then you've got Corey Hawkins, who's with him, who plays Brooks. Yeah, he's um, that character appears again. Both that character and the uh, the woman he's with, Doctor Ling. Yes. Uh, they both appear in God uh, Godzilla too. Do they? Uh, the characters do, not the same actors. They're at the, oh, they're at the Mothra. Even... They're at the Mothra site. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just, did not come no, yeah, on to that. They're the same characters. Um, but what I was going to say is the actor that played him, would you say Corey Hawkins? Yeah. He played uh, Dr. Dre in uh, Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. Oh, fair play. Um, another thing... Carry on. No, I didn't have anything else. I was just... <laughs> well, no, another thing I've just realised about this film as we, as I was looking at the cast list, right, is Kong himself is mocapped obviously and is played by Terry Notary. Terry Notary, but yeah, who did um, Notary. He was in uh, Avengers. Uh, yeah. Infinity War Endgame as one of the um whatever they're called. But it's also mocapped by to- Toby Kebble. Yeah, who Toby... played Jack Chapman's film. He does the facial expressions. Uh, Toby Kebble um he played didn't he play Koba in Planet of the in Apes? uh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. Yeah. No, is that the one? Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's in. Well, I think the characters in all three of them, or is it just those two? I want to say. I think he. I think, I think he. Part, I think he dies part. at the end of the second one. Yeah, I think so. Um, but no, yeah, um, yeah, of course he's. Um, yeah, he's him. So he no, he has experience with the mo- motion capture stuff. Was well, that because Andy Serkis oh. did the motion capture for King Kong in King Kong? Um scrap what I just like he's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes but he is in he's in War of the Planet of the Apes as well he's not in the first one okay no I thought the character I meant the characters in the first one Koba is in oh sorry yeah, yeah I think the characters in the first one anyway it doesn't matter um, we're not talking about those films maybe someday oh for sure yeah when there's probably a with Batman <laughs> well, it's, we'll be oh, with yeah, Batman with, but in terms of Matt director Reeves, yeah. he didn't direct the first one though. Um, <laughs> that was Rupert Wyatt true Rupert Wyatt well, we'll talk about the two good ones Might be but right. yeah Going on with this film, Why is I the like the apes ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's fine. But I, like we said at the start, like, I'm I'm I like the fact this film is quite self-contained to yeah. this island, and you get to explore this island. So obviously, when they end up regrouping, Tom Hiddleston is very much a we need to get off this island. We're disturbing the peace. We've learned about the skull quarters. We learned about Kong. And Samuel Jackson is like, I'm going to go find my my bloke. But it's very clear that he just wants to keep fighting. He doesn't want to go home because if he goes home, he has to. Yeah stop his job's over because they even find out he's you know that actually this is um i just thought something that's very good that i didn't pick up on until just now maybe it's not something to be picked up on really but it's something people can see if they want to is the contrast between samuel jackson and john c Riley, where it's like samuel jackson wants to keep fighting this war that's over whereas john c Riley has essentially been fighting something that has been over for a long time he wants to go home to his family 
yeah, I think I think John C. Riley's character is the most. He's he's like the Brian Cranston of Godzilla. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the one that pulls you in emotionally because he's been stuck there for so long. Yeah. And like you, when you see it, you the, the film has a scene starting in nineteen forty four, and he's an American pilot, and he has a he he's fighting against a Japanese pilot, and then you learn during the film that and in the time they were stuck there, they become they put their differences aside and become friends to survive, yeah. and he becomes very kind of respectful of his friend and you know he takes a samurai sword and he says we were meant to get off this island together but we never could he's the one that i kind of emphasize with the most yeah no, i think he's, he's it's it's a very interesting character and, and um situation that he's in and that and they do play him up for comic relief when you first meet him and that but then you you can't you do even in the first scene when you meet him when he's like he says like you know he's happier to see them than like you know or something like that than like you know a, a beer and a hot dog at his at whatever baseball stadium or whatever and then it's like you have that moment where he's just like you, you are real aren't you and it's like he's very like he is a very i think he's the apart from kong he's like the emotional crux of the film when he shows up yeah for sure yeah and i i i think i'm about samuel jackson as the film as the film goes on and towards the final act i think i think of all three films i think godzilla has the strongest final act yeah i think this film has the strongest character development. Oh yeah. And I think I like I like the fact that it's Samuel Jackson that's the villain <laughs> of the film. But you understand why he's doing what he's doing. To an extent. But yeah. it's yeah, but it's very clear that he's he's gone mad. Yeah, he takes it too far. Like he can he can be upset for his soldiers and that, but then like I said, he's saying all this like he's taken all my men, but then when it happens he doesn't seem to care. Yeah. Because like when he's telling everyone to you know shake it off. Oi! Sorry, my cat's being annoying. That's all right. <laughs> um, Connor has a cat. Everybody, we love the cat. We love Boofy. But yeah. Um, the one the one thing I will say about this film that was that's that was my most. Why the fuck is that included? What? It was trying to be funny, but it doesn't. It's not. It's it's funny, but not in the way they intended it. I think. What? Is is towards the end of the film. Uh, once basically Samuel L. Jackson is trying to uh, kill Kong, but he ends up like sacrificing himself in this kind of blaze of glory that doesn't. He's just a bit like, "I'm mad, and I'm going to kill Kong," but he doesn't actually kill Kong. Um, so once he's done, right, and Tom Holland and the remaining survivors are all trying to kind of Tom Holland, fuck, oh, I'm Tom Holland. No, Tom Hiddleston and the the remaining group that's left of a couple of soldiers, a couple of civilians. They're just trying to escape now. They're trying to get to the rendezvous point. Yeah. There is there is a character who is. is, who is oh, you're the... talking about the Shea Wiggum thing, where he he goes to walk towards the skull crawler with his grenades. That... Yeah, he he pulls two grenades out. He walks towards it, and one of the skull. I think it's the it's, skull it's the it's the it's the villain one. It's the main one. It's not like the little. Yeah. It's not a little one. It's the one that apparently killed Kong's parents. Yeah, so he's it's a uh, Jason Mitchell who plays Glenn Mills in the film. Um, no, wrong person. Cole is the person I'm talking about Shay Shay Wiggum Shay Shay Wiggum he's George, uh, he's Georgia Wiggum's dad Georgia Wiggum plays the girl in the second season of Punisher right okay yeah so he basically he basically 
pulls out two grenades and he walks off to sacrifice himself to try and kill the skull. He's like, yeah, come on. And as a moment, it's like, right, okay, yeah, I can understand what they're doing. But he just gets whipped into a that, <laughs> into yeah. a cliff and it explodes. Here's the, this is why I was. This is something else I was actually going to mention. When characters are killed off in this film, it's abrupt. It's not treated as a big moment. It just happens. So there's and it the, carries on. Yeah. There's so many soldiers that are just killed in the beginning, obviously by Kong. Which I want to go back to that scene in a second. There's the there's the one that's killed by that weird like ant creature that has like legs like trees, where it just steps through his head. Um, yes. Uh, yes, that's true. John Goodman is just eaten when his camera starts going off, and he basically. Oh my god, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Um, then you get Shea Wiggum just being whipped into a uh, into a mountain and blowing up. You've got Samuel Jackson is just crushed by Godzilla, uh, Godzilla Kong's fist in, uh, when he's about to say "motherfucker." That's funny. <laughs> it just it just happens. Every death, every human death in this film, just happens. It's not treated as a big deal. Then you can, it it does that I think, because that's the nature of the film. I think it works Maybe. to a degree, but not for all of them. I would say it that, doesn't work for that Shea Wigan one. It does feel like they could have at least had him, but then I guess maybe that's what the aim of the director was. Perhaps maybe he was like, we don't want it to feel like you know, oh, this big moment. Like, oh, is he going to kill the thing? And then he blows. You know, he runs. It it runs into him, and they blow up together. And then the the creature walks out alive anyway, which is what could inevitably happen in that kind yeah. of scene anyway. But because it yeah, goes, sure. I think it goes in tone with everything. Like you expect Samuel Jackson to get this mat, this big death. Like maybe he does succeed in trying to blow up Kong while he's in it, kind of thing. Uh, but he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't succeed in blowing up Kong at all. He just gets flattened. It's like they're all so it's abrupt. Rough. They don't feel like these big things. And I feel like maybe that was the aim of the director, but I don't know why they did that. Yeah, that is that is a downside to this film. I think. I think I like I like the human elements. Well. I like the human element, so that their their deaths seem a bit too like ah oh, come on you you've actually you've actually taken yeah. time for us to get to know these characters so let's actually I'd rather he have he had blown up and the the skull critter was a bit defeated in a way so it felt more but like yeah. you felt you felt like his sacrifice was more worth it this right. was just a bit of he sacrificed it now fuck off he's done maybe it's maybe it's because it's maybe it's trying to subvert expectations in that sense which is that we we feel maybe we feel disappointed because we think that's how that scene's going to happen but it doesn't mm. so maybe it is that matter of maybe it's not played for as you say comedic effect which i it is quite funny the way it happens um we just whipped it over away just so quickly but um maybe it is just played to the fact where it's just like no to these creatures to these giant monsters they these people don't matter yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. That's a good way of looking at it, I guess. But I don't I, until I could, get, if I could get into the mind of the filmmakers, you know, I don't know that for sure. Mm. But perhaps that's the aim to make it feel like none of them really matter in the grand scheme of things in this island. Yeah, I think I think when you look at it from that point of view, that's that's much more. I understand it more looking yeah. at it from it from that point of view. Um, but to go back to I mentioned the scene when when we first see Kong and he just yeah. takes out all those helicopters that's a really Picks good the crap scene out of them. Yeah. that's fantastic yeah I love that I love the the you know they get they, they, they go through the kind of barrier of, of of I don't know what you'd call it um the weather barrier almost oh and yeah then... there's that weird storm they have to fly through 
they get through it and they start planting their charges and you think, oh, it's all good. It's all going fine. And, and then Godzilla just pops there's up. There's Not a, Godzilla, Kong. Kong. Well, at first it's like they're, list, they're, they're flying along listening to Paranoia for Black Sabbath. Um, and then a, a tree just comes flying at one of them. And so it's such a good introduction for for him, I think. Yeah, and there's he the way he just yeah wrecks all those helicopters and that is uh, yeah it's pretty it's a good introduction. Yeah, I just I just yeah I just really enjoyed this film. I just I just think out of the three, I think this is this is the one yeah that yeah. story is is the best. It's, it's got the strongest writing for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's the most developed for the human characters, which is considering there's such a large element of these films. I think yeah, it works. I will it doesn't have its critiques. I was gonna say I will say for me it doesn't have that monster action I'm looking for in these films. Yeah, I think it sacrifices the monster element so you get more of Kong as a character, which is, I think yeah. works for me, of, might not work for others. This is part of what I think they're going for and why it feels like they've at least from the trailers, why they've treated, it feels like they're treating Kong as the protagonist, as the as the, feels like they're treating Godzilla as, as a villain for the new film so maybe this is why they did, why this film feels this way, because what we're, what we're given in this film is a lot of chance to relate to Kong. Yeah, this is, this this film is the reason that I am voting for Kong more than Godzilla and the new one coming up. I still think they'll team up. <laughs> oh, no, they are going to team up. There's not even a... There's not even a... There's not even a kind of, like, ch- chance that they're not going to. If Just they will. kind of film, yeah. Um, okay, so Kong, Skull Island, what would you vote it? I'd give it one, one smoking microphone, because... I did get a bit bored watching it this time, um, uh, and I. But it does. It is genuinely the best in that in the in the writing sense. It is that like it's it's a really good film, but it's I just got yeah. a bit bored. That's fair. So you... I think for me, I think for me, I would vote it two smoking microphones. I feel like you'd have to give it that based on yeah, you gave the other one one, but yeah. Yeah, I just, I just. I love it. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed it the first time I watched it in the cinema. I really enjoyed it the second time I watched it. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just have a really good time. It's just really enjoyable for me. Yes, there are there there are the critiques and there's not enough monster action, but for me, the the fact they sacrifice the monster action so you get to emphasize more with Kong, I appreciate and it works more for me. Yeah. Um, and this is a film that I'd happily go watch again. I'd happily put it on if uh, me and my partner just wanted a film to watch, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was kind of oh, we I just I'm in the mood to watch something. I'd put that on. Yeah, it's that kind of film for me. I um, I, was there, I still yeah. have the poster from that we got with it when we went to see it. Yeah, no, same. Um, it's still I, it's still on my wall. I think. Yeah, no, it's on my wall now. Um, but I don't have uh, a Godzilla poster. <laughs> Yeah, so I do like the I like the artwork and I like the, I like the imagery as well. Like I like the visually. We didn't really speak about it, but again, just really quickly, I like the I like the the visuals of when Kong appears yeah. in front of the helicopters. Like the sun, That's great. The, the so the good. Yeah. Like that, yeah. It's it, it's so good. It's got some good visual moments as well. Yeah. It's a good film. Okay. Should we move on to the final one? Yep. And we're, ne- we're nearly at two hours as well. 
I know, I just realised. This is why I'm uh, swiftly moving it along. Yeah, this is quite... I mean, this... We are talking about three films, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's fine. People can deal with it. So, yeah, let's I mean, talk yeah. about... Godzilla King of the Monsters. King so, Monsters. it's directed by Michael Doherty. Yeah. It was released in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, its budget was... hundred. Well, the only statistic I could get was it was between... 170 million dollars and 200 million dollars mm-hmm. it made the least out of all of them yeah yeah I can what imagine. do you think what do you think it made under 400 million yeah yeah do you want to do a do you want to do a rough exact estimate 360 386.6 okay. was close you were quite close to be fair um it was Screenplay by Michael Doherty again, and a guy called Zach Shields. The story was by Michael Doherty, Zach Shields, and Max Borenstein, yep. who did the yeah, the been, story for the other ones. We get he's here, he's here, he's there, he's doing. He's his, here, he's he's sticking around. He's putting his bits on all over the script. Um, exactly. What is your okay? Let's go for initial opinions on this film. We saw this film together first time. We saw it in in a in a cinema world where. The screens weren't just in front of you; it was also to the sides, oh, which yeah, I think helped. Weird thing. I think for me that helped with my enjoyment of the film when I first watched it. That was weird. Um, it was weird, but yeah. What are your initial opinions? I like this film. I like it. It's 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 got the same. I think it's got the same issues of the first Godzilla, uh, and the action sequences aren't necessarily as good, but I still enjoy it. I still get a kick out of it. And um, I do think it's the weakest and I think it's the one I like the least out of all three yeah. um, but I still got a kick out of some of it like I would say the human element in this one isn't as bad as the first one but it's still bland it's almost like they yeah, tried I... to make the human characters feel a little bit more like the characters in Kong but and they give them try to give them comedic moments. It felt like, but they didn't always like barely ever play played. You know. Yeah, I can see that. I think for me, like I kind of agree. It's it's my least favorite out of the three. I think mm. I like aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I I'll tell you I, the, it, the moments I like the most are where there's a lot of good visuals in this film. I think I think when it's not too dark. I think out of the three, this one might be the strongest in terms of visuals. But I feel like that's what but, it, those visual scenes. It feels like that's just they were they were just aiming for all these big, you know, oh screenshot of all moments kind of thing. Yeah, they were aiming for the big cinema moments. Yeah. for the visuals. But I think in terms of the story, for me, it's too convoluted and it's too complicated. I Not, I, I don't I, know if that's the right word. I don't think the story is all that complicated. I just don't like it when I have to have it explained to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this was because the story of the film is uh, Vera Farmiga's character is trying to awaken all the monsters because apparently when wherever the monsters go, new what like nature is born. Like when they fought in San Francisco, nature started growing again. The same as in when they destroyed Las Vegas a little bit in the first film. And the point she's trying to make is if we awake them all, wake them like wake them all up, let them roam for a bit, and then take them over with this machine we've got that makes us seem like the alpha. Um, yeah that the world will be born anew in a sense like that like it doesn't necessarily mean let's kill everyone it means let's save the environment it's meant to it's going to it's got an environmental 
message maybe i don't know if it's trying to preach a message i don't think it is but that's what it is what the story is essentially and it yeah. isn't that interesting no i think and i, I think, think it, it's hurt by a, a scene where she literally explains like tells her plan and it's like yeah I think... okay we get it i don't care because you just had to tell me everything in that one scene for me the strongest parts of this film are the like the visual effects the action slash cinematography and the 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 score right i like those aspects oh i really like the score for this one because it incorporated a lot of the original japanese themes as well yeah but the problems for me were the human element of this film which is so there's so much of the human element in this film i don't mind um like as like surplus, I like I don't mind. Obviously, we get Ken Watanabe back, Sally Hawkins, um, and then we're introduced to some other characters: uh, Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, they're both well, going to be in the next one. Well, that's the thing. I think I think for me, putting aside Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins, I don't care about the human element in this film in in at all. I just I just don't. I, I tried to connect with it. I don't care about Millie Bobby Brown struggling to choose between her mum and her dad and what's right and what's wrong. It just it just doesn't. No, I, yeah, it, I don't. It doesn't connect for me. They could have made it a bit more interesting. They almost did a similar thing to Batman vs Superman, which is where they show us uh, some people that are affected by what happened in San Francisco, which is this family. But then we find yeah. out that they were working for Monarch anyway. Yes, like, that's true. Like, and it's like, oh, okay. So why couldn't they have been? Maybe you're involving a different family somehow. I don't know. I don't know. How, I personally, I couldn't write a story like that. I couldn't think up the right thing. All I really care about is the monster fighting action. See, see, for me, this might contradict my criticisms of Godzilla, right? I think the problem with these films is it struggles with with the perfect amount of of monster action we get for me there are too many monsters in this film i personally i think so what do we we get godzilla we get king Ghidorah, we get rodan and we get mothra yeah i don't think that's too many for how they're utilized so i I just based on the second maybe it's because i zoned out because of the human aspect i found it difficult to keep up in terms of the pacing and the Oh the pacing is, is a bit off, I will admit that. It felt it the film the film this is breaching off from what I just said, but the film's pacing it feels like a really, really, really long film. But yeah, it's only like just two under hours, two hours. Minutes, yeah. Yeah, like it but it feels it felt like I was watching a three and a half hour film. Oh no, it, I do, remember. it does drag. Yeah. Yeah, it really dragged that middle act is just it's just, I just don't care. Well, it's more. It's, I don't, I don't care, know. I don't care about the first act. I don't care about the the situation the characters are in because we're not given a chance to know anyone before we're seeing the situations they're in. Yeah. Um. Things I do like. Um. Kind of all happen once Ghidorah wakes up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I love that sequence when Ghidorah wakes up and you see, you know, the, the reveal of the, the three heads. Obviously, we know he's three headed, but like, it's pretty cool. Ali <laughs> Hawkins just gets stepped on and you never see her again. Yep, she dies. Then Ken Watanabe dies as well, but he dies in a cooler way. 
See, I like I like Ken Watanabe's character in this because I like I, actually, I like his progression from the first one. But I like that scene, even though it's stupid. But I like I like that sacrifice he makes. The whole I'm gonna bring Godzilla back to life, and he puts his hand on the. On oh the yeah, case. I love I like that moment. Like I I do like that moment that he gets with Godzilla because you know he's like chased him for a long time. What I will say, and I just realized I realized this last night watching it, but I realize this now as well is um. Ken Watanabe is killed in a massive nuclear explosion that which wakes up Godzilla. Uh, gives, yeah. gives him a power boost essentially. But yeah. We I think Ken Watanabe's father is killed in the original bomb that was dropped on Hi- Hiroshima. Yes, cuz he has the he has, he the, has watch the pocket watch stopped at 8:15, which is um a scene in the first film where um uh, someone asks him of something, and he's like, you know, he shows him his watch, and it's like it's it's stopped, and it's like, yeah, eight fifteen, uh, whatever the date was, nineteen forty five. Yeah. Um, and but what I something I just thought about is like, so okay, so you're gonna kill the Japanese character whose dad was killed in an atomic bomb by blowing him up in an atomic bomb. Okay. Yeah. So I it's like this. I do like it because I also like the visuals in that scene when you see the bomb like explode under like in that underwater whatever area it looks really cool <laughs> yeah but maybe it's not the right way to kill the japanese character whose father was killed by an atomic bomb that killed millions of people millions i don't know how many people died in hiroshima yeah it's a bit it's a bit mm. <laughs> yeah it's a bit like mm, maybe not maybe you should have done that but anyway like no i love um yeah the like reveal of god of Ghidorah. I love that sequence where he's in. Is it, is it Mexico or Brazil? Um, Brazil. I think it's Brazil. Where um he's like on top of that like volcano and he just you know, the the, the cross, the religious imagery. <laughs> so much. I mean, look. I do love that when. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I love the sequence when Rodan wakes up and he just flies over like the little like city and it just because of how like you know powerful it is going through the air and how massive he is, it just destroys the city as he flies over it yeah i do again i do i do love the visuals and the action in this like the, the, you can't the action is great and the visually is great i think the strongest thing about this film is easily the soundtrack for me anyway soundtrack for me yeah soundtrack visuals and sound design again like yeah but it's just i think i think the the overpopulated human element oh yeah lets yeah. this film down this it, it it gets to a point where you're because the pacing is quite slow and then it gets fast and it goes slow again you have the the characters explaining everything mm-hmm. and there's just so much of it it got to a point towards the end i was just like i don't care anymore because the human element has really ruined it for me yeah yeah i know i get that entirely and I, like i was saying as well there aren't any as memorable moments in the action sequences either no like i could pin i could pick out a couple from godzilla and kong skull island that i could talk yeah. about but for this film apart from when the when king Ghidorah kind of comes out i can't really pick out anything that sticks out to me yeah i can't think of any like real moments in the action where i was like this is really cool or anything like that like when even when Godzilla gets like his ultra powered state, he's just just blowing up a little bit. Like these waves of energy come off of him, and that's it. Yeah. Like I was expecting some sort of mega mega atomic breath or something like that, but 
Yeah, and I, I mean, it's interesting that he gets he gets reawakened and he gets this kind of power back, but he he is like going to explode at some point. All that is is interesting, and and Millie Bobby Brown's mum's who's um, I can't remember her name now, Vera Farmiga. But yeah, I like the fact it. Uh, she sacrificed herself at the end, which I could kind of see come in. Yeah. But then again, I don't care that she sacrifices herself. I'm just like, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I don't know. It's, 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 I wouldn't say this is a bad film, but then I wouldn't necessarily say it's a good film. I think, I think it has really strong moments and really strong elements, like yeah. the sound design and the score and the action. But then I think it's, it's critical elements and the bad elements weigh it down to a point where it just becomes a film yeah do you know what I mean like, I don't think it's, I don't think the, the stronger elements are enough to push it up to be really really strong mhm absolutely so I'm trying to think now like when it comes to comes to it I am really it's just the few visual moments is what I'm thinking of like there's that moment where um Ghidorah powers himself up from like a from some electrical thing and then he just explodes with electricity and you just lights up the sky while there's electric bolts coming off of him like that's really cool yeah and there's also the moment when he drags Godzilla up into the sky and drops him like and he just set oh yeah because he's so big and dropped so fast you know they obviously he's like on fire falling from the sky like those are like they're really cool moments but like that's all I can really pick out and I'm not a big fan of the way Godzilla kills Ghidorah in the end <laughs> like because they just well, so, uh, well here's how it happens um, he's exploding you know he first he does his big explosion his first blast yep. and it melts Ghidorah's wings then okay. he does another one and it melts two of Ghidorah's heads nice and then um, I think a I think a building falls on them or something like that or something happens there's another explosion they kind of fall together and then like Godzilla comes out of the rubble but the first thing you see is Ghidorah's head and then it's like no no actually it's Ghidorah's body is inside like Godzilla's eaten him and like his Ghidorah's head is still flailing out of Godzilla's mouth yeah yeah yeah, as he gets closer and closer like he's taking him down further and further and then he does an atomic blast basically through Ghidorah's head fine and it's like i think that's it's cool but it's like i don't get how did the how did he manage to eat all of Ghidorah's body while he was underground (laughs) like yeah and it's like well i think uh, i think that's the massive thing for this film it's just when you talk about it it's just like it's fine there's nothing that makes me go there's nothing that makes me go yeah this was this is just it's fine i didn't write many many notes i like the sequence when rodan's in the sky just destroying all the planes and there's a one where he does like this weird twist and he's just taking them all out but even that was in the trailer yeah okay then this will be interesting what what would you what would you rate the film after talking about it one normal microphone really yeah like it is just it's below average yeah say if i if i had to watch these films again i'd watch I'd rewatch Godzilla and Kong Skull Island, but I probably wouldn't rewatch this again. I'm at I'm at a state state like stage where I would like to rewatch just the moments I like from Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters. So if somehow yeah. that could exist in the world, like without me having to do the effort myself, and I could just watch just the moments I like, 
that'd be yeah. great. But so yeah, but I think, I, think I still yeah I don't the rate I stand by the rating I gave the first Godzilla Kong yeah is then I think it's the better movie out of them all but it's not my favorite and then yeah this film is very weak. See, for me, I was debating between no microphones and a smoke and uh, and a normal microphone. But I do really like the soundtrack. I am gonna agree with you that it's that I think the soundtrack really makes moments feel bigger than they are. Yeah, especially when you get like the original Godzilla theme, you know, the da 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 that one. Yeah, like, that's I love. And then the song at the end, like I love that. <laughs> There's elements of this film I love, but I think I'd I'd, I'd agree with you. I think I'd give it. A normal microphone because I think, I think, the weaker elements just really bring it down. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've I've got big high hopes for Godzilla versus Kong. I want Godzilla versus Kong to just be a good. I want it to be a good monster fighting monster film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want it to be overly convoluted. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to have the critiques that we've that yeah. this film has. A part of me feels like saying, yeah, I think that's what Godzilla Kong is going to be, but then also it could be a, a, an issue of they've shown the best stuff in the trailer already again, you know, that kind of thing. But Yeah, it, it, there is that there is that kind of and, uh, and even then, worry. Like, oh, well, there's not really that many moments in the trailer where I was like, oh, that's really cool. But So maybe there is like a lot we're missing, and we will find out very soon, obviously, when we watch it, but... No, like we said, we're gonna we're gonna cover it. We'll cover it when it comes out. We'll we'll both watch it and we'll both cover it. Um, I do get the I do get the impression that it's maybe not gonna be as good as with hoping, but yeah, ho I'm hoping there's gonna be enough moments to make it as equal to Godzilla is to me because I still like Godzilla a lot as a fil that film. So, well, we'll see what happens. Not long to find out. Nope. Yes, that's our overall um, thoughts. Did you yeah. say your rating? You said you wasn't sure which one, or uh, yeah. So I gave it a normal microphone. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, That's... but look, if you have any opinions on what we've said, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you do you, do you particularly love King of the Monsters and hate the normal Godzilla? You know, just get in touch. Let us know. Mm -hmm. It'll be very interesting to hear some of your thoughts and opinions. And we are going to cover Godzilla versus Kong. You know, it'll come out. We'll we'll rent it and watch it and. Let you know our thoughts when we when that happens, but that's not till the end of this month anyway. Start off next month. Yep. Um, but yeah, Connor, mm -hmm. I think that I think that calls for our nice little next segment. Oh yeah. What have you uh, What have you been watching or reading or doing or honestly not doing nothing really. Yeah. Really. Yeah, like these films. It took it. It took it out of me more than I thought it would. It, it was more. I kept putting it off as well, and I was just like ugh ugh. Uh, I started rewatching Death Note with my friend, so nice. That's about it. That's really all I've done. Um, like I said, started playing Star Wars Squadrons. Don't know how much I'll play that. I'll probably try and just complete the story. And yeah, that's fair. That's really it. I haven't done anything else. You? I've only watched two things. So I started watching uh, the new anime series on Netflix, Pacific Rim: The Black. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I'm about three episodes in, and it's 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 decent. I like the Pacific Rim films. I think I prefer the first one to the second one. I think everybody does. The second one's awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know it carries on with that concept of the kaiju and and yeah. and um, it, it is interesting, but it's not it's not to a point of where I've been wanting to binge the whole series. There are only twenty minute episodes as well, but it's basically this brother and sister 
the they get left their their mum and dad are titan fighters or whatever you call them and um they leave they leave their son and daughter behind on the settlement to go and fight because it's based set in australia australia is basically like war-torn and it's got no support and they they set out to try and find some help and then five years passed and they've not come back and the the brother and sister stumble across one of the the titans or where, i can't remember what they're called now i'm Yeagers. terrible at this Jaegers, that's the one and then um they're like oh we should we should get in this Jaeger and try and find help and find our mum and dad who are probably dead but do they have um, to learn how to be drift compatible yeah but that's like in the space of like 35 seconds that's all right though i don't mind that. i'd rather not have a whole series of them becoming drift compatible and then that trying to become it and well at the end of the episode, end of the series they're like now we're finally compatible <laughs> that's the thing i say that but it's the basically the sister stumbles across it skips all of the um lessons and then they get plunged into a situation where they have to drift very quickly and the brother's like focus on me and then all of a sudden they're fine it's very weird um but yeah that was fine it's not exactly it's it's not something i'm jumping to get back to though mm. um, and the other thing i watched is i watched marvel studios is uh assembled the oh, making I, of one yeah, division I need to watch that uh, which, to be fair, really interested to look at how they made it. To be to be honest, but I'm just ready for Falcon and Winter Soldier now. Yeah. So there was a clip, yeah, there was a clip released for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I watched that. I think it's it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, which will I mean we'll be doing our return to our Minnesota when that comes out, which will be fun. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm the same as you. Really, I've not really watched ahead of a lot because these film these for me these films took it out of me more than I thought it would. Yeah. That's that's how it happens though. If you've got something, if you're watching, this is what we watched this week. I never typically watch more than two films, so yeah, I watch these but, three um, films. I don't know if I no, I absolutely didn't watch anything else, just these. Yeah, but look, like we said, this this has been a quite a long episode. I think like two and a half hours, nearly. Two, I want to say two hours, twelve minutes at the moment. Thirteen. Crikey! So. Yeah, but, so it's um, quite long. Yeah, but yeah, next week is going to be. Uh, we, I don't even know if we're going to do news next week. It depends how much, you know, we, Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out on Thursday. It's a four-hour film. We'll I'm and, sure we're going to have quite a lot to say. Yeah, maybe we'll try and limit the news. We'll just, like, try and keep it quick. To be like, this is the news. Is it, Do you like it? Yeah. Do you not? No. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think next week is also going to be a, it's going to be quite a bumper episode because we'll obviously talk about <laughs> Justice League and we'll talk about its past works and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I do think of something, we'll also... something we could maybe, yeah. maybe do... Um, possibly i don't know i'll say possibly we could do something where we just just cut out the the godzilla talk and just release that separately uh, not not just separately but release it on its own thing as well yeah if people want to just listen to just that maybe i don't know we'll see what we'll see i'll see how our, how i feel or, or how we feel after this yeah that's um, cool but we could do like a um but we'll just cut it off where it ends i don't really care <laughs> but... yeah Fair. We'll think of something. But yeah, because um, that was like over an hour of talk for those films, I think. So, nah. yeah, it was because it was about yeah. two minutes we signed that in. So yeah, over an hour of talk for those three films. We talked a lot right, more about obviously the first Godzilla, but yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. But yeah, so uh, next week, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll have a we'll have a Minnesota all about first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which will be quite fun. Which um, means yeah. that we'll probably
probably be, yeah, probably be recording Friday then. So yeah. Yeah, but let us know. You know, if you had opinions on on any of this, or if you watched if you watched Justice League on Thursday or Friday and have opinions on that, just get in touch. And Connor's going to tell you where you can where you can find him right now because I just segued that beautifully. Pardon me. You can find me on Twitter at Connor Nagi, C O N N O R N A G I. Um, and from there, you can find me on my other Twitter. You can find my blog, which is just Connor J Nagi's blog uh, on WordPress. I think it's just Connor J Nagi's blog or just Connor J Nagi. Um, <laughs> something like that. Um, and. You can also we also have a Facebook page which is just at well not at it's just uh, two smoking microphones. Yep. Or you are correct. The whole name you'll find it. It's not hard to find. Just type it in. Yeah, it's pretty easy to. It comes up straight away. Yep. Um, but Harry, where can people try to find you if they want to? I am also on Twitter. I am at the Doc eighty one on Twitter. You'll find my other Twitter account there. I don't really use it very much. Um. Um, I've also got a blog called The Review Lab um, so you can find it at thereviewlab.org on the internet and uh, I've also got a Instagram and Facebook for that as well again just under The Review Lab most recent uh, post was all about a, another podcast that we both listen to um, it's done quite well and I'm planning to post again this week if I get some time um, probably about Jack Snyder's Justice League and my initial opinions on that um, but yeah that's where you can find me um, but as always, Normal. thank you so much for listening. We yeah. do appreciate it. And do get in touch. Leave us a rating and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Spotify, make sure to click the follow button. And, you know, as as we say every week, we do really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, appreciate anything you can add or say or do. Opinions. Exactly. Help. And, look, times are, times are quite tough for everyone at the moment, so just hang on in there. You know, we're... We'll get through it, and uh, things will be okay again. Just wanted to leave that message of hope for everyone, Connor. I wanted to, yeah, wanted to give well, everyone that sense of hope. See what happens, won't we? Ah, <laughs> uh, another message of hope there. <laughs> oh, you can really feel it's been nearly two and a half hours at the end of this, can't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I need to go and have a good lie down. I think. So, so yeah, that's it. We have got nothing else to say. Why are you still here? Yeah, exactly. You can leave now. You but can, thank you. You can leave. Leave us alone. Yeah, please. Please stop stalking me. Bye, people. Bye.